This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Oh, welcome in, 6.05. Another edition. Hey, there we are. I had to turn me up there, but there we are again in Air Sports 1. It's another edition of the Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School Game Day. That's right, boys and girls. We are on the campus of Saraland High School for the next three hours right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Appreciate you making us part of your morning. And Mr. Shervanian. Back-to-back, back, Dr. Chris Vermonix, High School Game Days. How I don't want to take too much credit for uh, MGM's win yesterday <laughs> over Alma Bryant. Uh, I don't think they needed us to uh, to spearhead that win, but it really was a one-sided victory, and now they stay undefeated as the fourth-rated team in 4A. So we move now to 6A. The top-rated team in the state is Sarah Land. They're undefeated after a resounding win over Spanish Fort. They're our tribal last week, so they host Robertsdale, a team that's kind of fallen on tough times these days. We will have that broadcast for you tonight on WNSP. In the NFL, if you're a 49er fan, it was pretty nice. The uh, 49ers beating the Giants. Am I going to have to hear that all year? No. Okay. Just this one time. <laughs> that's a one-time deal. That, that's it. And it just came to me. Excuse okay, because that was Excuse pretty me. good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> you know, Purdy's undefeated as a starting quarterback during the regular season. Uh, he never <laughs> lost a game, seventh-round draft pick. And that's the reason they, uh, you know, they he, he was out with the injury during the playoffs. And then he comes back and got off to a good start, had a couple of touchdown passes. And that's uh, why they made that trade to get rid of the uh, guy they drafted in this first, a uh, second in the first round. Uh, they made that trade because of Purdy being on the uh, roster. So a uh, big win. It was a, the score is not even indicative. The 49ers dominated. The Giants were without uh, Saquon Barkley. They only rushed for 29 yards. They only threw for 137. I tried to watch this game on Prime. Uh, but? Forget it. It was like freezing. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And, and, and I don't think others have this problem. But it would go in and out, and then there'd be this sign that would come up. Uh, we lost the signal, and then I'd switch and come back, and it just got to the point where it was impossible to watch because of all the uh, breaks that were, you know, I, going in and out. So I, I decided to get out of it, and the, I knew the Giants weren't going to win anyway because the 49ers are a much better team. So those are some of the things that. Uh, We'll be talking a lot about today, Mark, with all that. That maybe one of the best Saturdays this whole season and uh, regular season in college football. There's so many high-profile games. Uh, yesterday, Nick Saban, very verbal again. He's on Pat McAfee. He's got his own show. And he said uh, that Jalen Milrow has nothing to prove. Mm, nothing at all? No? What do you think? I, I think, think he's well, got a lot to prove. Comparatively speaking, he doesn't. I mean, I think he's the foregone. I mean, it's the foregone conclusion that he's the best option at this point, given the whole body of work. So I think, from that perspective, he doesn't have anything. Look, I think Nick Saban tried to um, change the narrative a little bit over the last couple of days. He's talking about how he promised those guys an opportunity to compete in games, and so that's why. 
he's kind of insinuating that's why Simpson and Buckner got in against South Florida and not Jalen Milrow. I'm not buying it. Uh, I think he, I think they had concerns about Milrow, gave those guys a shot, realized that Milrow's still your best bet at this point. And so, you know, he's trying to put a positive spin on it. Uh, and, you know, he then there was that whole narrative about, well, you know, Jalen Milrow showed us exactly what we needed to see in supporting his guys during the South Florida game. Okay, whatever. Bottom line is Milrow gives him the best chance to win with this offensive line as of today. Will that be the case in six weeks? My guess is at this point probably, uh, which is not exactly the, the vote of confidence that Alabama fans are looking for, but right now he gives you the best chance to win. That's the way I look at it too, but he, as you said, he changes the narrative almost every press conference. Yeah. It's uh, This day is one thing, and... Then he pulls out that about, well, I want, I promised the others a chance. When has he ever done that before? When has he ever even said that? Right. I and, promise. and if that were the case, why not just come out and say it from the get-go, get from the jump, say, look, we're, we're, we're still working. We're going to give some guys some opportunities to play. Well, they got their opportunities. I mean, I mean, Buckner can't can't go home over Christmas break and say, they didn't give me a chance to show up. Well, no, we, we saw exactly what you could do. Uh, peace has been restored at Southern Cal between the uh, football program, the coach, and the Orange County Register. The uh, reporter who was suspended <laughs> had a meeting with uh, Lincoln Riley. Uh, they ironed it out, and he is now allowed to be back on campus to watch the games and to do interviews, but, of course, has to follow policy. Right, which is don't talk to players that he sees. Yeah, on the way in, behind the podium. Yeah, and, uh, yeah on the way in. Uh, wait till the press conference. I think that has something to do with it. Something uh, we usually don't get into the NBA, but I was glad to see the NBA is going to crack down on over-the-top flopping technicals now. Yeah, I mean nobody likes to see flopping, but it's like pass interference now. Like you're asking these referees in bang-bang situations to to make some very subjective calls. Uh, I don't I don't know what the answer is, but I, I guess this is. You know someone's going to get teed up for not flopping at some point. But all these guys need to do is stop with the overreaction, the you know, the, the screaming and, and, and then the overemphasis on falling. But, yeah, it, changes need to be made. I guess this is your best option. We're not going to get too detailed into this because it's a news story, but you can't help but not notice. I when Did you know uh, Jeremy Jones at McGill? Did you ever get to meet him, uh, the, the former wide receiver? He went no, to South Alabama, Mm-mm. played, what, five years, led the team in receiving two years. And it, it's it's a really a bizarre story. But uh, Jeremy Jones, really, from the success standpoint, one of the very first Jags to be very successful, was sentenced to life in prison for a 2021 casino murder in Mississippi. He also coached that when I asked you, he also coached at uh, McGill for two years with the wide receivers and so forth. So it's more of a news story. I realize that. But it's somebody I knew, and we probably even talked to him on the air at times, uh, one of the leading receivers early years of the South Alabama uh, football program. But uh, that's it for him. Uh, life in prison. One of the things we haven't had a chance to talk a, a lot about, or at all really, just because we've been so busy, I'm curious to get y'all's thoughts. There's another college football proposal that's out there, the idea of relegation and promotion for conferences that aren't necessarily in the running, basically into some non-Power Fives. How do you guys feel about the idea of a three-tiered relegation model in which 
hypothetically the last place team on tier one would get demoted to tier two and the champion of tier two would then get promoted to tier one and this would happen on a yearly basis i know this is something that we've talked about in the past because you've heard this conversation on wnsp with various radio shows but they're actually looking at this it's the first known i guess physical proposal that has been done it's now on paper and is uh, i think the mountain west uh, one of the ad's over there has put together a very comprehensive proposal so it's out there now boise state ad so what does that mean and it's basically geared to the teams in the western part of the united states and right. possibly could include oregon state and washington state who by the way they play tomorrow against one another and it's one of those high profile games and you wouldn't have thought that early in the season but what would it mean for a team? Let's let's just pick a team. Let's pick uh, San Diego State. Well, I think if you get into Tier 1, the idea is the winner of that tier would have a better shot of getting into your 12-team playoff, or multiple teams from those non-Power 5s would have a better chance of getting into the and get, getting into the playoff. The flip side of that is Tier 2, potentially, and, and definitely Tier 3 had got would have you know, no shot. No shot at all, yeah. H-E double hockey sticks. Yeah, and again, as we've said before, the college football playoff people – who put this 12-team format together, they're going to be meeting. There's going to be some changes. With the Pac-12 diving out, there's going to be some changes. Uh, and, and I don't know how teams that are not Power 5 teams, I, I know for sure you'd have at least one. Are we looking at more than one? And that's what we're yeah. referencing so here. Here's, here's my biggest issue with the idea of promotion and relegation, right? You thought guys were jumping ship from university to university uh, now? Imagine your team getting relegated and how many guys from that team hit the portal. Or imagine a team that gets promoted. How many guys are going to try to get on with that team? You know, we're talking we're talking Deion Sanders, Hugh Freeze-type transfer numbers from year to year at a different university, especially if they're going to do it every year. Um, I think it, it'll add some intrigue to some, some schools and some conferences that maybe don't get as much national prominence because I think the idea of promotion and relegation is is intriguing. You see it all the time in, in leagues across the world in soccer. I'm not sure how it would play in college. You'd have to do schedules, redo schedules every year, which is not something that is proven to be uh, very efficient. Uh, so I think there are some hurdles to it. But this is going to be a thing for a while that people kind of talk about, debate, and kind of weigh the pros and cons of. Um, it'll be it'll be fascinating to, to watch this play out. All right. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our first guest coming up, Mark. Uh, we've had him on many times, John Herschel. Is, Never heard of him. Well, you'll hear about him when he comes back <laughs> because he's the uh, sports performance, and he keeps that uh, football team in shape. But clearly. Also, uh, he goes back a few years with Saban, so I thought it might be a proper question there about what's going on with Saban in Alabama. All right, we got some Chick-fil-A for you in this show as well. Another uh, chance for you to get qualified for the Alec Naiman Catering Party. So we got a lot going on today. We're here at Saraland High School. We're here for the next three hours. You're listening to Dr. Christopher Monick's High School Game Day. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1 right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hi, I'm Joe Godfrey. I'm a big fan of 105.5 WNSP Sports. Pressure. Deep. Caught. Samuel. 
All right, 622. Thanks for hanging with us on this Friday edition. It's the Dr. Christopher Monarchs High School Game Day. Mark Lee, Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Sarah Land High School. And we're brought to you in part by Kenneth Morgan, Allstate agent Kenneth Morgan, uh, David Green and the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Rich's Car Wash, Greer's Markets and Cash Saver, plus Zaxby's. They have a location here in Sarah Land, thanks to Hudson. Also, many locations on the Eastern Shore. And many thanks to my good friend Don Urquhart at UJ Chevrolet. They are also a sponsor for those who don't know that Don once played football with Jeff Kelly at Southern Miss. And I do want to mention that uh, South Alabama Athletics with their home game tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Tickets available. Just uh, go online, pick up your tickets. And uh, speaking about the Jags, but more so with Sarah Land, John Herschel joins us now, sports performance director. I first knew him at South Alabama. Of course, he had a collegiate career before that, I think, at LSU, right, John? You started out there? Yes, I've, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be at LSU, University of Miami, uh, Ole Miss. Uh, South Alabama. So and now you're seven years at Sarah Land. That's yes. It's like a lifer. Oh yes, yeah. Lot lots of things have changed around here. We uh, the very f when I first got here, we had a 30 by 30 weight room, just a little bit over that size, and we were in there, you know, <laughs> smashed in there. We were on a, on a period, a period schedule. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was this. It was one of those things where you didn't want to have kids drop bars because <laughs> you didn't you didn't know what they were going to hit. There was about six inches in between the ends of the bars, and it was a uh, uh, it was it was interesting, but you know things have uh, things have definitely changed, and you know with the community growing and you know the support of the school system as well as the community, you know right now we have uh, you know I'd, I'd say we have probably some of the best facilities in the state, regardless of high school or college. So let me ask you this: uh, as coaches game plan week to week, obviously a different game plan for Robertsdale than Spanish Fort. Do you game plan as far as conditioning with the players from week to week? Uh, for as far as the conditioning aspect, I really don't do any of that. Uh, that's all handled out of practice. But for as far as what they're doing in the weight room, you know, we'll look at the schedule, uh, you know, and you know, kind of map out some of our games and be like, well, okay, you know, we don't, ex or you know, we base it off of the last week, to where you know, if our starters, you know, depending on how much they played, you know, we'll uh, you know, we'll go a little bit heavier that week, and then you know, we base it off the opponent that's coming up. So. There are a lot of factors that go into it, and the biggest thing is just you know how much, how many plays and how much time our starters spend on the field, depends on you know what they do because you know they're the ones that I really really try to you know keep the freshest and the most available. Do each of the players have their own agenda? In other words, what Ryan Williams done in the weight room is it is that the same as Coleman or? Uh, uh, for the most part. Uh, yes, everything is relatively the same. We have the same, you know, basic framework. But what I have are, I have our offense and our defensive linemen. They do something different, lower body, uh, you know, for as far as what they're doing than, you know, than all of our skill and our mid-skill players. So how different, though, over the years has it become for just individual positions, right? So I, I get the sense that maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was like get in there and bulk up as much as you, we want you as big as possible. How yes. much of it now is, yeah, we need you strong, but we also need you to be agile and fragile and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I mean the biggest thing for us is that I want our guys to be able to move really, really well. Right. So we we focus more on movement than anything else. And then you know with the with the amount of emphasis that we place on speed training because of you know it is so taxing on the body and what you can get out of it for as far as results, our guys have gotten stronger by becoming faster. 
you know, and that's, you know, kind of a crazy concept. But, yeah, it's it's changed a lot to where it's not just, you know, get in the weight room and, okay, we're going to we're gonna bench on Mondays, yeah. Wednesdays, and Fridays. Right. We're going to, you know, we're going to bench, we're going to clean, we're going to squat, we're going to deadlift. We're going to do that every single day or, you know, you do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then on Tuesday and Thursday you do the same, you know, the same stuff. I mean, it's 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 changed a lot. We really next time you need to put Lee through a workout when we either during the show, or right before the show, so we can get firsthand accounts, so we we know what we're talking about, Lee, so we can ask educated questions. Well, that would be a first for you, but uh, wow, <laughs> I walked right into that you one. Did. You Game on, Shervanian. I do enough workout. I don't need that. Uh, okay. Maybe, maybe we could do that with. Maybe we could do it with Mark. Well, he's in better shape than I am. Look at him. He's a lot younger. He's 30 years younger than me. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it could almost be like one of those uh, Peyton Manning Saturday Look, Night Live skits. I'd like to see him get to 75 or 76, so he maybe could use some of that training. John, hypothetically, you mentioned about our facility, your facilities down here. Yes, sir. Are they going to par with the the Thompsons and schools like that up north? You know, from what I've from what I've seen, I would have to say so. I mean, you know, you look at you look at the facilities we have for as far as our baseball facility, softball facility, you know, tennis overall, you know, with the with the track and soccer facility and the multi use field over here and everything that we can do, I mean we're extremely fortunate. Um, you know, we actually have better facilities than a lot of colleges. You have, I, I'm sure you follow what goes on in the collegiate scene and everything and all that's going on with Alabama. When you were with Nick Saban at LSU, and we use the term mellowed, has he kind of changed in his tone now these days and how he handles things with the media and so forth? I would say so. I would say that he is uh, much more relaxed than what he was 23 years ago. You know, when I was a, uh, you know, when I was at LSU and he was there, so it's it's definitely it's definitely a lot more, uh, you know, he's he's a lot more relaxed. Seems that way anyway. His comments change from abruptly these days, and he actually answers questions directly now. I don't know if he was doing that at LSU, but uh, and again, you were with him for a couple of years, I think. Yes. Yes. Hey, man, we appreciate you stopping by. As always, it's great to see you. Wish you the best of uh, luck moving forward, and um. I'll take. I'll pop into a couple of Advil before I come out next time. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds All right. great. When we come back, we continue here at Saraland High School. It's the Dr. Chris Ramonix High School Game Day right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Seven times a day Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A <laughs> Suddenly 6.32, welcome I back in. The Dr. Christopher Monarchs High School game day continues right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. You guys hear the music. That can only mean one thing, a chance for you for some fried deliciousness. What do you have for the fine folks today, Lee? Well, we're gonna, we do have the qualifying for Namens later on for the Name It, but for your Chick-fil-A question, uh, just call Michael if you know the answer. Name the only coach, the only coach 
who co was the head coach at both Alabama and Ole Miss? You know the answer. The only coach to have ever coached both Ole Miss and Alabama. As a head coach. As the head coach. Gotcha. 694-1055. All right, quickly want to thank a lot of folks for making these trips that we make on Friday possible. Obviously, the orthopedic group has a vested interest in your, your, your athletes in high school athletics. Uh, David Moore, speaking of... Uh, uh, people that support high school sports. David Morris and QB Country really appreciate uh, them coming aboard this season at WNSP. The Mobile County Sheriff's Department, Coastal Alabama Community College, and Badcock Furniture of Saraland. I want to thank some of those folks and remember to support the folks that support your kids. You know, Mark, every time we come out here, the emphasis has been on the offense, the uh, explosive players, the Ryan Williams, the uh, Lacys, and all those great offensive players that have moved on, and rarely do we really talk defense here. And so from out of the shadows comes the defensive coordinator, Brett West. Brett, welcome to the show today, our, our first time on our show. Good morning. It is. Good morning. I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah. Does, uh, well, first of all, let's get to your background to get where you are today. Okay. So I. Uh, this is, you know, we were just talking. This is my uh, sixth year at Sarah Land, my fourth year as the defensive coordinator. Um, you know, I had a little stint at Vestavia Hills and Smith Station before that. And so, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate um, to kind of come in at the right time. I feel like here, you know, 2018 was my first year here. And, you know, of course, that was the year we went to the state championship and lost to Pinson. But, uh, you know, yeah, I just I feel like I came in right time, right place. Does the defense have a chip on their shoulders with the publicity that your off the offense gets for Sarah Lynn? Yeah, they do. Um, you know, it's our, our offense, obviously, rightfully so, you know, gets a lot of the coverage that they get. And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of the nature of the game nowadays anyways when you have a, a high-powered offense and that sort of thing. But, you know, they have kind of always taken it as a chip on their shoulder. You know, we have returned really only lost one starter from last year on that defense. And so we've kind of had a whole, you know, year now under our belt of, of getting better and trying to improve and that sort of thing. And so I think this year they really wanted to make a statement. We don't normally hear about your defensive stats, but you're off to a terrific year. I knew coming in you had a very strong defense. In practice, who usually dominates, the defense or offense? <laughs> well, if you ask the offense, they'd probably say them. But, uh, you know, I, I think that was the one thing that, you know, has, has obviously made both sides of the ball better is the whole iron sharpens iron thing. You know, there, there'd be times – you know, the summer, summer's kind of different because you're not in pads, but if you look back at spring, you know, there's times where we walked off the field and we're like, man, we just, you know, held in check pretty good what I think is, you know, the top offense in the state. And then there's days you come off the field and it's like, man, we're not going to be able to stop anybody. You know, they, they just gassed us and, and had their way. So it kind of went both ways, I think. Well, you know, you hear so much about the quarterback committing to Texas, the wide receiver to Alabama. It goes on and on. And defensively, uh, the, the one name we hear is Coleman, correct? That's right. Uh, you want to talk about him? Now, he is committed to Alabama. What he means to the defense? He is, yeah. Antonio, obviously, is a, is the anchor on the, the defensive line right there. I mean, in our scheme, uh, you know, if you have a dominant nose guard, it makes a, a massive difference. And so Tony's kind of been that the last two years, really. Um, and, and, you know, but also he's constantly trying to get better and improve his craft. You know, a tendency – a lot of times with uh, that we see at D-line sometimes in high school, if you're kind of a dominant guy like him, is you want to kind of just freelance, you know, and you're not necessarily worried about understanding your gap and, and holding that gap 
throughout the play and that sort of thing. And, and so Tony's kind of always trying to work on that, and he's improved on that a lot since last year. Do you ever, do the defensive players ever say, look, we're practicing against one of the top offenses in the state of Alabama. It's a lot easier when we go out and play somebody. Uh, they've never vocalized it, um, and, and I don't know if they think that way or not, but, uh, you know, I, it you can't deny the fact that it definitely helps out, you know, um, when, when you uh, uh, play that every day in practice. And then also, I mean, our, our scout team, they do an incredible job, um, you know, really buying into their role, learning the other team's plays and executing them, you know, at a high level in practice. So I think that carries over to the game a lot, you know. Something we're going to ask Jeff Kelly when he comes on around 7.50 this morning. You go from beating an arch rival by the score you did, facing a team tonight which has fallen on tough times, Robertsdale. Is it tough to keep up that motivation this week? You know, it's uh, if if our kids are not motivated, they do a really good job of tricking us. You know, they they seem to have practiced with the same intensity, and you know, I think and, and Coach Kelly, he may allude to this. He kind of alluded to it in practice, but you know, any time that um, you know you're playing somebody that on paper you're you're the favorite and that sort of thing, you know, if you ever try to treat it like it's not a big game, you know, if you end up losing that game, you know, you find out real quick. Uh, just how big a game it was. So you really don't have that, you know, opportunity. Um, if you're kind of a, a higher-ranked team or, you know, everything on paper's point, everybody thinks you're going to win. You know, if you come come out not prepared to play, then it can, you know, you don't want to be on the other end of them headlines uh, the next day. So, How different is calling plays for a defense knowing that you have an offense that can take care of business. Does it change the way that you call a game, or maybe you go about an opponent knowing that, man, I know those guys on the other side of the ball. They're gonna, they're yeah. gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna light up the scoreboard. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it definitely does. You know, especially we're obviously. I mean, if you go, it's no secret. If if we win the coin toss nine times out of ten, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get the ball, and so. You know, a lot of times, more times than not, we drive down the field there and score on the first drive. And, yeah. you know, it allows you as a as a defense coordinator calling plays to be a lot more aggressive um, when you're kind of playing ahead and you're not really chasing points a lot of the time. Um, so, yeah, it definitely makes a, a big difference. It's kind of like uh, in Little Giants. Like, remember when they're arguing about the coin toss and Ed O'Neill told Rick Moran, it's like, what difference does it make? I win the toss, I ram the ball down your throat. <laughs> you win the toss, I take the ball from you and ram it down your throat. That's right. That's kind of like the Sarah Land way, Lee. <laughs> Seems to be that way. There's my movie <laughs> reference for hour number one. Nailed Talking it. to uh, Brett West. He's the defensive coordinator. So during practice, who's got the assignment to cover Ryan Williams? And does he do a can he stay with them? Yeah, I mean, you know, really um, a guy that kind of goes back and forth with him, Delvin Gully does a really good job. You know, even, uh, you know, when, when we did one-on-ones a lot of times during the summer, you know, I feel like Delvin, you know, held his own against him. But all those, none of them are scared. You know, all of them kind of really want to go against him. Um, you know, when you look at any of our DBs, uh, they understand, hey, if I'm going to, you know, try to improve my craft and I need to, you know, try and cover the the best guy possible. But you know, and and Ryan gets a lot of the the clout. But man, all of our receivers are a one on one nightmare. You know, if you go back and and watch tape on us with against any of those guys, I mean, it's like uh, I, I'm I'm glad that they're on our team and we don't have to cover them on a Friday night and we just cover them, you know, during practice. Let me ask you this: as far as the defense, do they go out there with the mindset of posting shutouts? Yeah, I, you know, that's kind of a goal every week. Um, 
and, and they've done a pretty good job. But, you know, the, the big thing that we kind of preach over and over is uh, just limit explosive plays and create turnovers. You know, if you go and look at it, you know, 95-plus percent of games, if you win those categories, you're going to win the ball game. So, Best of luck tonight, the rest of the season. Man, it's, uh, it's been a good one so far. We're, uh, I know there's a lot of excited folks. And we appreciate you getting up early with us and coming on. Oh, on absolutely. Appreciate y'all having me. All right. Uh, so here's what we're doing. We're going to uh, take a break here. We're going to break a little early because we're expected to get some players in here. Uh, it's Sarah Land. Ryan Williams, K.J. Lacey. Uh, and, a, and a couple others are expected to join us here in our next segment. Uh, we'll talk to the principal here at uh, Span- uh, Sarah Land, uh, along with the superintendent, Aaron Milner, is always great with his time. He'll be along in hour number two. We'll do some naming it for you. Um, and, of course, Jeff Kelly scheduled to join us as well. So we got a big show lined up for you here at Sarah Land. It's our Dr. Christopher Monix High School Game Day. Right here in Air Sports One. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP, and WNSP.com. War Eagle, this is Butch Thompson, head baseball coach at Auburn University. You're listening to WNSP. Six forty-seven, wrapping up hour number one here on our Dr. Christopher Monix High School game day. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Saraland High School as uh, things are getting ready to pump up, get heated up around here as they prepare for their game today against uh, or tonight against Robertsdale. Obviously, tickets available on uh, GoFan. We mentioned a number of things we're going to do today. We're going to obviously pick our games there at the end of the show. Uh, Jeff Kelly will be along at some point as well. Uh, And we encourage you to continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. we got your full slate of games set for um, uh, today in in our programming as well. So make sure you get in the app at WNSP.com throughout the course of the day here and night uh, here on the sports station. Uh, I believe uh, we have uh, our guest on the line, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Well, the one that has kept me going by making sure my teeth aren't falling out and they restored them to where they should be, that would be Dr. Christopher Mullenix, my good friend. Dr. Mullenix, welcome to our game day at Saraland. How are you today? Good morning, Chris. Still working on it. All right. Well, while we are working on that, let me tell you they're located at 7. Oh, we're all ready to go to uh, Dr. Mullenix. Chris, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, guys. Doing well. Thank you. All right. We know you specialize in dental implants. What else at Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery can our listeners look forward to if they need help with anything with the jaw? Tell me about it. Yeah, absolutely. We specialize in a broad range of surgical options from dental implants, which you speak highly of and speak very well of, to wisdom teeth extractions. Uh, We do bone grafts for implant surgery or for denture surgery. We do facial trauma and reconstruction. Dr. Aaron Wallander is a board-certified craniofacial surgeon who specializes in birth defects, growth deformities, et cetera. He does an excellent job, and he's really been a great asset to the Gulf Coast. We do facial pathology. so 
have a wide range of specialties. We work with both medicine and dentist. We kind of span the gap, uh, so to speak, between the two specialties. So we do a lot of different things. Uh, we get referrals from a lot of different places, hospitals, dentists, doctors, and family and friends. And so if you think you have an oral surgery need, uh, if you think we can be of assistance, then don't hesitate to call. We'll be absolutely delighted to give you a consultation. And if we can't provide the service you need, we certainly work with people that can. Well, you know, Dr. Milenix, I'm a very nonviolent person, but if things escalate between Mark and I, and one of us needs some attention today, can we call? Absolutely. Well, yeah, you can both call if it gets that bad, and we'll take care of both of you. Uh, our phones are answered 24-7. So are you are you actually promoting the idea that we get into it so that we can we can bring you a little business? No, no, I don't think anybody wants to see that. But, <laughs> yeah, if it happens, but I have one request. Know, if it happens, I'll be happy to take care of it. <laughs> All right, but the one one request: if Mark ever needs to come in, don't put him in my special room. I don't want the value of my room well, to go down. Okay. You have valet parking in your own suite, and Mark will never have access to that. I appreciate that. Now, we, now we're talking. Dr. Mullenix, I can't thank you enough. Uh, next week we come over to your side of the, uh, the Eastern Shore for St. Michael's. We'll be in touch with you then. Give the phone number for people to get in touch with you. Absolutely, guys. There's two easy ways to connect with us. The phone is probably the best option, 251-471-3381. And we're on the web at mobileoralsurgery.com. Talk to you next week. Thank you, Dr. Mullenix. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. All right. Two members of the top-ranked team in the state of Alabama in 6A joining us, K.J. Lacey. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How about you? You want to introduce your teammate? Uh, this is Cam Lafitte. Um, let me introduce stuff. Oh, me? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, Cam Lafitte. play linebacker. Yeah, and, and believe it or not, we do appreciate the defense. I know the offense gets a lot of credit here at Saraland, but I understand you're a darn good player yourself, Cam. Yes, sir. KJ, coming off the win over, well, basically an arch rival, Spanish Ford. Right. Do you know about that, uh, how, how that's worked out? What kind of a week has it been practice-wise? You still keeping your mind on Robertsdale? Oh, yeah, you know, we're approaching it just like any other week. Um, you know, practice, uh, intensity, everything. Uh, you know, we're all just out there executing and, you know, having fun while we're doing it. So when we come out on Friday, we can have fun with it. I'm not trying, Cam, I'm not trying to get headline news here, breaking stories. But practicing against Sarah Land's offense, does that make it easier going up against the teams you face on Friday? Um, it really does. I mean, you got a K, quarterback like KJ, receivers like Ron, CD, and all them. So it makes it easier. I mean, the best team in the state, our offense in the state, I believe. So um, it kind of makes it easier on the defense to compete against competition. We know KJ is uh, committed to Texas. What is your – now, you still got another year to go here, right? Cam, are you a senior or a junior? I'm a senior. So what are your plans after this year? Uh, I plan on playing college football. Any offers yet? or? I have a couple. I have a couple. Oh. Uh, I have Mississippi Valley State and Arkansas State. KJ, after Texas beat Alabama – you and Ryan Williams uh, communicate on that? Uh, yes, sir. You know, I was sitting behind him at the game. Um, I know once it got to the fourth quarter, everybody was throwing like the, uh, you know, the fours, fourth quarter and everything. I looked down and I'm like, I had fours up and everything. But, uh, you know, uh, once the game ended, you know, I called I called him and then I called uh, Coach, Coach Tig. You know, that's, they were up there together. So, uh, you know, after the game, I've been talking about it still. But, you know, uh, 
Has Ryan forgiven you? Uh, I mean, do you still throw him passes? Oh yeah, I throw him passes. He said it's going to be different when he gets there, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> so what's been the? I mean, you obviously have gotten a lot of headlines, a lot of notoriety for all the you know the success. What's been the wildest part for you personally of it all? Whether it's been on a recruiting trip or just the calls and and com- conversations with colleges or just here at Maryland, like. like What's been the wildest thing that's happened so far? Um, really, it's like when you get to go see those campuses and everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the best part. And you get to see, like, the night. I like going to the night games because, you know, that's like all, they have all the music. The, the, I thought you were going to say everything. nightlife. I was like, man, this, this conversation is going to take a different <laughs> turn here. But, okay, so night games got it. Oh, yeah, night games, uh, you know, all, like all that. Yeah. That's like the best part of the visits, honestly. Um, and then, you know, regular going on uh, visits like during the summer and all that. Uh, like talking to all the coaches, the, some of the alumni out of there, but you know, that's, that's probably the best part. So let me ask you this, and, and you know I'm being facetious and having fun with you on this, but when you went to Texas and you committed, did you tell Arch Manning that I'm coming, you better transfer? <laughs> no, sir. Uh, we actually had uh, we had dinner that night, so you know, everybody was just talking. Uh, I'm only kidding on that, of I course. Got you, yeah. I got but uh, yeah, we were we all had dinner. Um, you know, we, I talked to him, I talked to Quinn. Uh, you know, I talked to everybody. Really. Cam, are you allowed to tackle him in practice? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> what if you did? Uh, I'll probably get kicked off the team. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't even well, breathe. They have backup, <laughs> no, don't they get have backup quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> don't tackle none of them, actually. Don't, but don't the touch important me. thing is you could, if they would allow you to, you could tackle them. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I get back there every time. Cam, do you call the plays on defense? Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a voice of the defense. So I, the coaches give me the call, and then I say it to the team. Have you got? Uh, I talked to your defensive coordinator. Do you go out there with the game, the mindset you're going to post a shutout? Yes, every time. Every I time. haven't. I got. I don't have the scores in front of me. Have you had any shutouts this year? Uh, did you have any shutouts? Uh, not, yet. Not, not yet. yet. not yet. I know all the. I think we're like outscoring maybe like 170 something to. Uh, it's 170 something to seven right now. It's in incredible. First, in the yeah. first half. So. So KJ, when you have a. Obviously, Player of the Year and Ryan Williams. I know you guys are buddies and everything, but you also have an assortment of riches. I right. mean, you've got a lot of receivers. Yes, sir. What's the temptation? And, and again, I, this is more, I guess, on Jeff Kelly because he calls the plays, right? right? The temptation to throw to Ryan, but to make sure everybody else is happy. Right. Um, you know, getting Ryan the ball, you know, he's always going to do something with it, uh, no matter, like, the circumstances, like, where he gets the ball from anywhere on the field, but, you know, uh, I, we also have trust in, like, all of our other receivers, so, you know, we're going to keep on coming to them over and over and over again, you know, spread the ball around, and then, you know, Coach Kelly, he likes to get aggressive because we have so many receivers, so, you know, uh, I think it's fun, you know, just airing it out. We were at Mary G. Montgomery yesterday. They right. have a very fine quarterback in Jarrett Hollis. Yes, sir. I believe, if I read correctly, on the first play of the game, he threw a 75-yard touchdown mm. pass. Have you ever done that, come out on the first play, throwing a touchdown pass like that? Yes, yeah, Hillcrest game. Um, pretty Pretty sure it was around like 65, 70. Uh, go ball, first play of the game there in Hillcrest, and um, you know we kept on going from there. Man, I'm glad you came up with that answer because now Lee asking that you be out there on the first play checking off Jeff Kelly's, <laughs> and man, that wasn't gonna go well for you. I just I'm glad that I'm glad that worked out. So let me ask you both quickly because we're almost out of time. If there was a position on the field that uh, coach was like, go play whatever you want tonight, which one would you want to play, and which one do you think you'd be as good at? Uh, running back. Running back. I, yeah. I can see that. I yeah. can see that. Um, 
Probably receiver. I, yeah. I had a sneaking suspicion yeah. you'd say receiver. Look, I, look, I'll get back out there. I'll catch one this year. Got you. All right. Well, do, you, right. do, do you ever go out as a wide receiver in their offense? I think they're setting some up yeah, later. I, I go out there. I go out there. Yes, Watch that you, double pass. When you, <laughs> would you prefer the slip screen to Ryan Williams or throwing a long pass down? Uh, him? I like throwing the long yeah. passes, yeah. Quarterbacks don't want to be messing with that short <laughs> stuff, man. They want to go deep. You know, it gets the yards up, but you sure. know, you feel better when you throw it deep and they catch it. So, yeah. How far can you throw? Uh, around like uh, maybe a little bit over 70. Sir. We'll be watching tonight. Yes, sir. All right. Guys, All right. It's, it's great to have you on. KJ, best to you. Cam, same thing. Hope one. Do you guys play any other sports? Cam, do you play sports? I play baseball. Okay, good. How about you? Uh, none right now. All right. Well, good luck to both of you tonight. And the season. Yes, sir. Tell yes, sir. Arch Lee says hi. Yep. Tell <laughs> Arch. Is he still there? He hasn't uh, left yeah. yet. He hasn't left yet. Uh, we hadn't checked the portal today. So, oh. All right. So, uh, guys, we really do appreciate it. Wish you the best of luck yes, uh, tonight yes. and moving forward. All right. So, the uh, – the, the cheerleaders, the Sarahland cheerleaders are actually here. Uh, and so here's what's going to happen in hour number two. We're going to talk to uh, Principal Brett Harrison. He'll be here. Uh, Aaron Milner, the superintendent of schools, is going to be in the house. Uh, Jeff Kelly's going to join us. we got a lot going on here on a uh, Friday edition. So we appreciate you guys hanging with us. And take a listen here. The Saraland cheerleaders are ready uh, almost ready to roll here on WNSP. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Welcome in our number two. It's the Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School Game Day. Mark, I'm Alicia Vanian with you right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com. And obviously, we're on the campus of Sarah Land. Yes, we are. And uh, quick headlines. The 49ers beat the Giants last night, 30-12. to High school football. Uh, we were out at MGM, fourth rated in the state. They won easily over Alma Bryant today. We're top-rated Sarah Land. Now, in the uh, 
and the most the, the concluded area that we had we had two players in here from Saraland. Ryan Williams, the 6A player of the year last year, was supposed to join us, and he was late. Well, mm. we have sent him to the principal's office to be disciplined, and Ryan's sitting in with us now as his principal, Brett Harrison. Brett take over. I mean, what, what's the Lee, deal here? Uh, he's apologize. supposed to be on time, and he's not, yeah. and what's the deal here? <laughs> so, more than likely, we're probably going to have to suspend uh, Ryan from tonight's oh, game. Man. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what we did. I don't think he has his homework ready for today either, so uh, <laughs> I think he's just in a lot of hot water getting ready for today. Is this your first trip to the principal's office, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, I tend to stay away from there. <laughs> <laughs> and he does a good job with that. I don't think I don't think you've ever come in my office uh, for anything other than maybe getting fan mail or something yeah. like that. Yeah, who, ha who handles all his fan mail? So it's kind of a combination between our front office, uh, Coach Kelly. Uh, every day, I'm sure the postal workers get tired of delivering all the things <laughs> from Ryan to KJ to Tony to uh, Jameson. You name it, uh, they, they break their backs every day bringing things in. Ryan, is all the mail you get or, I don't know, emails, whatever, Texas, is it all positive or do you have, uh, let's say, fans who want you to go somewhere else other than Alabama. What's it like getting all that stuff? Uh, it's definitely, it, it's always going to be a lot of po more positive than I guess you could say negative, but there's definitely a couple a couple people that don't want me to go. Do you right. answer any of it or all of it? No, I don't answer any of it. <laughs> so if I, if I text you, you're not going to get nah, back to me? No, nah, if you text me, I'll get back to you. Don't lie to the man. Yeah, I, I'll take you got him in your phone? No. Okay. Well, we'll get you his contact. Yeah, you guys yeah, can text yeah, back yeah, and forth can. all day. So, Brett, what kind of a student leader is he? We know he's great on the football field, but what about off the field? Ryan's an awesome, awesome, incredible person. Uh, all of our student athletes are leaders by example. And so if you were to ask any of our teachers, our students, uh, they would tell you he's just as good off the field as he is on the field. And that goes for him and, and all of our leaders on the football field. Do you always get your homework in on time? Of course. You have to get your homework in on time <laughs> if you want to play on Friday. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, do you ever sit out a play or two? Uh, not if it, not if I don't have to. <laughs> so, Ryan, what is your reaction to? So, about a month ago, an ESPN analyst, Jordan Reed, mm -hmm. was talking about you and said uh, your potential is quote limitless. Okay, so what's that like for all us non-athletic folks to have ESPN analysts talking about you, dude? You're still in high school. Like, what are, what are we doing here? This is nuts. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely an honor because, you know, he's seen a lot of football players. So, like, just getting that recognition definitely feels good. Yeah. But I try to take it with a grain of salt and just, like, continue to move on and do what I do. Brett, hey, Brett's the principal, by the way. Did you ever have this kind of fanfare when you were playing? Never, never. Uh, <laughs> I think that confused me with other people. It would have been different. My name. Yes. Social media back no in the social, day, yes. it, it would have totally so been there bag, for you. Bag phones and Motorola. Well, yeah, I don't think they had a tech <laughs> capability. Does this, what does the school try to do to keep some of your players grounded? Well, I, it's not so much, I think, things that the school does, uh, but I know Coach Kelly and all our coaches from Coach West that y'all had him on earlier, they do an incredible job of keeping them focused. It's one game at a time. We're 0-0 we're right now, trying to go 1-0 tonight. Um, and so they do an incredible job with all of our students. Uh, I can honestly say I don't think I've seen them yet in my time here look ahead to another game uh, besides the game that's on task or on hand. And so they do an incredible job with that. Ryan, you wear number one. Is that because you're number one ranked in the state? <laughs> no, I just really like number one. <laughs> Are they going to give that to you at Alabama when you go? They promise you number one? I believe so. Yes, sir. <laughs> take, take us back to 
the Lipscomb game mm-hmm. and talk about the magnitude of that. And could you feel, like when you were on the field, how different was that than, than playing a team even here locally, or was it much different? And because I feel like it was, you learned, you guys learned a lot in that game because it, it kind of, I almost got away from you, right? So mm-hmm. I think there were, you guys get the dub, but then you also kind of learn from it too. Yeah, Just definitely. what was that experience like? Uh, I wouldn't really. They were a great team, but I wouldn't say like the uh, the magnitude is any different from any of our teams in six A Region One. Yeah. Because they like our teams played extremely hard, so. Uh, really, that game was just like, I feel like just first game jitters. It was a lot of stuff we could have corrected for the game to be a lot different game. But uh, The fact that they played a game before you, though, did you you know sense that they that got them off to a better start? The fact that they already had a game in hand, that helped them? Uh, definitely, because they, they went ahead and got that out, out of the way. I wanted yeah. to ask you, how much better a receiver player are you this year than maybe even last year? Uh, a lot better. I'm I'm a lot more complete receiver. I, I got a lot of like uh, a lot more intangibles in in the bag this year, especially just with getting off the line, down the field route running, and uh, blocking. Blocking has been a key this all season because you know I wasn't the biggest last year. So, so who? What receiver do you kind of model your game after? Is there a guy that you kind of always looked up to? Uh, well, it, it's always been Smitty and Justin Jefferson, but this year I've been watching some GP, some George Pickens. I've been one of the pancake block people. So, <laughs> so that's been on the, on the Man, list. a receiver that wants to do some pancake block, <laughs> yeah. and I like it. I love it. Brad, have you ever been associated with a, a program that was ranked number one? I have not. Uh, in, in all my years of administration and even coaching, uh, never never got a chance to be ranked number one. Obviously ranked throughout state, but not, nothing like the success that we've achieved here. All right. From your position now, just getting away from the football field, what, mm-hmm. what's down the road uh, for Sarah Land High School? Well, always continuing to grow. You know, we always look for any, any type of program activity, what it may be, to expand uh, for all of our students. Um, we want every student here to be involved in something, whether it be athletics or extracurricular. Um, and so we look for any 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 way we can to expand that for our students and give them something to be a part of. I asked your teammates, Ryan, you go from a terrific win over an arch rival, it's big game Spanish for it, and taking on a program tonight that's been down. Is it tough to get motivated for a game like that tonight? Uh, definitely. Well, at least I know not for us because – we attack every game the same, so like just as far as that, I, I don't think it was really tough to get motivated because, I mean, it don't matter who we play on Friday night. We're going to play them how we played the last week. Can KJ throw a pass that overshoots you, or is are you too fast and he can't overshoot you? Uh, unless, the, unless the DB, you know, is holding on to me, I, I think I can go get it. All right, now, KJ, we asked KJ and Cam if they could play a different position, which would they play? Don't tell don't tell me he said anything other than quarterback. KJ been <laughs> said KJ anything. said he'd play receiver. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, my question to you is, We've been over who, who would be a better, who's hypothetically, rhetorically asking for a friend, yeah. who'd be the better receiver? He wouldn't even I told y'all this. He wouldn't even be ranked as a receiver. But could you throw it to him if you had to? Yeah, I could. I could. Would you be a better quarterback than he is? Nah, nah. I ain't and could you? And could you see Cam as a running back? Because he said he played. Yeah, running he back. played running back. He okay. Played running back. All right. Before, so I well, wait a minute. What if he took snaps in a shotgun though, as far as a quarterback and just ran the ball? 
Nah, nah, not that one either. Because I mean, you're doing. I'm talking about you now, yeah. not him. Oh. Because you've done slip screens and things yeah. like that. It's almost like the same thing, isn't it? I wouldn't be as good of a passer. I'd be a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, you see, but. I bet you, Coach Jeff. Jeff probably in the in the office right now, listening, scribbling all these ideas down. <laughs> We're gonna have to ask him about that. Yeah, I'd be a, I'd be a good quarterback, but I wouldn't say the best passer. Fred, I'm gonna ask you. Uh, I'm gonna get into this with Aaron Milner. Mm-hmm. I saw a story yesterday where a $70 million sportsplex has been mm-hmm. approved for Sarah Land. Yes, sir. Just, and, and just talk about that relative to this community and even to the high school, what it means. Well, I think for the community standpoint, you look at Sarah Land and how much it's grown over the years. Um, when cities grow, you have to provide opportunities for the families and the citizens of, of that town or that area, and that's what our city leaders are doing. And so they're looking ahead to, you know, obviously providing citizens with more opportunities from leisure activities, sporting events for the children, things of that nature. And anytime you have things like that, obviously uh, down the road it will affect and hopefully help out um, the high school middle school sports programs as we go forward with it so very excited about that opportunity and excited to the kind of growth it will bring to Sarah Land. Well, guys, we really do appreciate you guys stopping by. Yes, uh, it's an exciting time here at yes, Sarahland, as always, both on and off the field. Absolutely. Um, so we got we, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, Ryan, can can you dunk? By the way, I, I meant of to ask. course. <laughs> I, I My apologies for such a silly question. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was just wondering. Uh, because I have not yet had the pleasure of seeing such a such Oh, you a haven't beat. seen? No, I mean, I've seen you play. I just hadn't seen you throw one down. You ain't seen me dunk on nobody? No. You need to show uh, me nah, Mississippi, Mississippi take. I'll show, I'll show right. you the video. All right. Well, then, in that, in, that, in, that, in that case, we need to go to a commercial right here so that we can uh, – we can. I, I got personal things to take care of. I, I, I got to see this dunk. All right. Uh, take a listen. Scoreboard traffic and weather. The Sarah Land uh, cheerleaders are here. It's Dr. Crystal Monex High School game day. Christopher Mullinex High School game day continues from Sarah Land. We really appreciate uh, the cheerleaders for hanging out with us today on campus at Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP, and WNSP.com. Hey, special thanks to some of our sponsors out here like UJ Chevrolet, uh, Zaxby's of Sarah Land, and of course Hudson's got a whole bunch of them over there on the Eastern Shore. We thank Kenneth Morgan, Allstate agent, uh, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Rich's Car Wash, and Greer's Market and Cash Saver. 
It's time now for Mr. Alec Naiman from Naiman's Catering. They're busy this week. They got football on the mind. What's going on with you, Alec, these days? Oh, hey, guys. I see y'all out there, man. Sarah, they're one great football team. I got to tell you, wonderful program out there. But you know what? My Jacks are playing tomorrow, homecoming. We're going to be out there with the under the tent, uh, frying up some shrimp and some fish and stuff for our, our alumni group. So we're excited about tailgating tomorrow with the Jags. Of course, we're booking holiday parties right now. People are calling and getting their dates set for, for December and the holiday season. Of course, we'll have our our uh, uh, wonderful Thanksgiving packages coming. You can call and go ahead and get on the books for a turkey or a ham or prime rib or whatever you want and if you're planning some kind of corporate event or you need a corporate lunch or breakfast delivered to your office we do that right here at Naaman's Catering so call us 473-3900 and look us up on the web at naamanscatering.com and of course follow us on Facebook because we like that kind of stuff guys I know y'all gonna have a great weekend all this football going on with Auburn Alabama uh, LSU South Alabama we just love this time of year so I'll give you one of my gold jacks. How about that? Thank you, Alec. We always appreciate everything you do for us. And those of you just joining us, a reminder, we will have an opportunity for you to get qualified for the Alec Naiman Catering Party with another version of Naming It coming up here uh, before we get out of here at 9 a.m. Yeah, that's going to be at uh, 7.50 for those who want to qualify. And, Alec, uh, a week from today, we'll pick the second winner. So good luck to uh, those who qualify. And, I'm telling you, it's well worth it to have Alec Naiman and his crew come out there and cater a party for you. So the other thing we got going on today, we've already done the Chick-fil-A. We've got the Naiman it. We also have to get one of you guys registered to go against Pigskin Pete Boys. The leader still in the evening is Bill with a 6-1 and one record. The winner receives two tickets to the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Uh, and then, of course, here's how it works. There's seven games straight up four college games, three NFL games. I'm going to tell you all what they are now so you can do your homework when we do this in hour number three. Florida State at Clemson, Auburn at Texas A&M, Ole Miss at Alabama, Ohio State at Notre Dame, some very high-profile stuff. In the NFL, Saints, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and Rams, Cincinnati. All right, so do your homework. Make us proud. There's a lot we put on you guys. With uh, It's a big responsibility to... To, to carry the weight of the opening kickoff. Saints are a little down with their running backs. Uh, Williams is out. Uh, they are, uh, until Kamara comes back a week after uh, Sunday, he'll be back. He'll have suspended the uh, three games. So that could be a, an issue with the New Orleans Saints as they go to Green Bay, take on Love and the Green Bay Packers. But you know what? I've got confidence in them. Yeah, you Defense know, is really good. They are, and... Well, something we haven't had a chance to really talk about is that, to me, it just seems like there's been a rash of injuries in the NFL. Um, you know, Diggs it, it, with the Cowboys. Oh, we ACL. haven't even mentioned yet. Travon Diggs we, out for the year now. Barkley's injury. Chubb is out for the year. I mean, there's just a lot. Bryce Young not expected to play uh, this week. So um, there's there's just a number of really high-profile injuries in the NFL this year. The injury and, and it's happened early in the season. Cowboys off to a great start. Many people feel they're the top team now in the NFL, but it's early. It's knee-jerk reaction time. But Trevon Diggs, who had an unbelievable year last year, uh, tore his ACL in a one-on-one drill yesterday in practice. So he's on the shelf for the year. You mentioned about Chubb. Uh, they signed Kareem Hunt. 
to replace him. If you remember, prior to the start of the season, Hunt was making the rounds, included the Saints, yeah. went to a number of teams, nobody signed him. So now the uh, Browns are bringing him back to replace Chubb. Uh, I don't know if there's an explanation for it. I don't know if it's because they don't play in preseason. I, I wouldn't think that would be the reason. As you know, teams don't like to play their veterans during the uh, preseason for the sake of injuries. But, boy, you're right. The uh, injuries are piling up. But you gotta you got to look at the 49ers and what they did in the uh, and, and the guesswork they did in keeping Purdy and getting rid of uh, Lance. Uh, and, and a trade, and going with a guy that had been out, you know, since the uh, playoffs, and he'd only started eight games regular season now, Mark, and he's undefeated in the eight games. Brock Purdy was the seventh-round draft pick. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Uh, all right, so here's what we got going on. When we come back, we're going to talk to the man that runs stuff around here, the superintendent. He the, he is always gracious with his time. He, every time we come out here, Aaron Milner shows up. It's a great time. Uh, we're looking forward to doing that next. Uh, Jeff Kelly will be uh, stopping by at some point here in the next half hour as well. And, of course, we'll do our Millite Golf Report. So we've got plenty going on. It's the Dr. Christopher Monax High School Game Day. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com from Sarah Land High School. Seven thirty-two. Welcome back in the Dr. Christopher Monix High School Game Day. Mark Hunt, Lee Shervine, and Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Saraland. Want to thank a number of people that make these trips every week possible, including David Morris at QB Country. We want to thank him for coming aboard. He's obviously a huge supporter of, of, of high school football in the area. The Mobile County Sheriff's Department, Coastal Alabama Community College, the Orthopedic Group and Badcock Furniture of Sarah Land. We want to thank those guys for coming aboard and a reminder to support the people that support your kids. Now joined by the superintendent of schools in Sarah Land, and to my knowledge, uh, memory, you're the only superintendent that ever joins us when we go out to game days, Dr. Aaron Milner. Good morning, sir. Good morning, William Mark. Appreciate, appreciate it. Everything appreciate the partnership you, with WNSP. It's, it's been terrific, and, and many thanks to you for that partnership, and that includes carrying your games. We will have the broadcast tonight at 6.50. Sarah Land taking on Robertsdale. How emotional was that win last week over Spanish Fort? This has been a rivalry. You've been on the show many times. We've talked about that. And then a one-sided win coming away from that. You know, it's, it's been fun to, for the past 11 years to watch uh, – Coach Kelly's leadership, our coaching staff's leadership, um, and watching our kids now versus, for example, when my own, my oldest son came through, uh, I think our kids look at it now uh, with Spanish Fort being a very traditioned and, and great program, but I think they look at it now like, um, you know, we're, we're lining up on a 100-yard field to play another game and, and let's go uh, with all respect to all of our other opponents, but I think they, they treat it now like uh, winning programs do. It's kind of next man up, and uh, let's play the game and, and see how it comes out. You always hope for the best when you take over a position. Now to be in a position of coming off a state title and being number one in 6A, just what kind of feeling is that? And I don't know, do you go, just go with a different mindset these days because of it? You know, 
I'm very proud uh, of our athletic program and all the work that's been done. Uh, you know, I, I always tell our young coaches and young and our players, you know, there's, there's guys that are uh, great coaches, great administrators. Um, they've gone their whole career without getting a ring. And so, and mad respect to those guys uh, because the, and women uh, that hang in there all those years just to have, you know, to have that impact on kids and then to see one of your teams get a ring is just kind of a, a bonus on top of that. The, the biggest thing is to have an impact on a young man or a young woman, see them do something great in the future. And, and with that said, we take in our school system from pre-K through 12th grade, uh, that, that's our goal. Uh, the ring for all of us is seeing a, a kid come back one day as a, a, an adult and look at us and say, because of y'all, you, you had an impact and uh, you're able to make it where I'm employable, I'm a good person, I'm a family person, and I, my success is uh, partially, if not a small part, due to the Sarah Land City school system. So at what point when this first started did you ever think – Man, the team that takes this field is going to be playing a game here on ESPN. That was uh, that was big. Um, I, I never thought that. I knew that our coaching staff and our community had invested to a point that you know that maybe great things would happen one day, but. <clears throat> When Coach Kelly got the email that uh, ESPN, and it was the big ESPN, it yeah. wasn't two or the three or the Ocho or, the Ocho, or whatever yeah. it is, <laughs> um, that was a, a big honor. And, and for for nothing else, win or lose, and, and y'all know me, I wanted us to win bad. Sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you're getting uh, social media posts that somebody's in a sports bar in Alaska watching – Sarah Land play Lipscomb and it's saying stuff like look at this facility uh, this is unreal, this is awesome da 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 uh, took a lot of pride in that when they were zooming in on our student section on ESPN and, uh, and just showing our community I think it's something that uh, 20 years ago uh, no one in if we're just being honest, a lot of people didn't know where Sarah Land was 20 years ago. Now a lot more people do. Aaron Miller, the su uh, Milner is the superintendent of schools here at Sarah Land. He joins us this morning. So as you know, each year up there in Montgomery, they schedule games for a kickoff classic. Mm -hmm. And they try to get these big matchups and so forth, televise them and so forth. Has Sarah Land ever been approached for that? And... In the back of my mind, hypothetically, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great to see Sarah Land open up the season with a Thompson or a Central of Phoenix City or some school like that? Of course, you did with Lipscomb, so you know that. But that wasn't sure. part of their kickoff classic. Have they ever come to you and asked you to do that? Well, I think Coach Kelly has those conversations, and uh, I know that there have been discussions, but there's always challenges in scheduling as well. For example the Lipscomb game this year, and you had to weigh that out. Uh, and I, I'm confident Coach Kelly will tell you whenever he comes at me with something, if it makes sense, uh, you know, we're I'm in I'm in full support of, of him scheduling uh, 
you know, whatever, and his judgment as the football professional on the campus, uh, you know, I say, well, let's go and we'll find the, the means to get it done, where, uh, you know, wherever it's at. So I, I mentioned to you off the air, I, I yesterday we opened up Lanyap, and I see the story about a $70 million sportsplex coming to Sarah Land. Now, I know it's not directly linked to the high school, but still, we talk about this community growing. And when we talk about, you know, the boundaries of Mobile and not having sufficient fields to bring in tournaments and things like that. And I'm like, wow, if, you know, is this, is this like Foley? Is this like Orange Beach, this, this complex coming in that you can start competing with those areas? You know, in, in conversations with our mayor and, and council and members of the committee that have worked on developing that, uh, I'm, I'm really I'm really proud of our city leadership. I think they see this more as an investment um, in order to, you know, when, it, when the tide rises, all, uh, what is that phrase, all boats, all boats rise. And uh, they're, they're seeing this as a means to, one, it's designed to, affect all age groups i think it's going to be uh from from our little t-ball kids all the way up to our senior citizens and that it's gonna that is going to be able to utilize this facility um, in addition it's going to be something that as you mentioned lee continues the growth of the community people people want to go places where there's nice facilities where there's places for leisure uh, where uh, young families want to go places where they know that they can put their uh, children in uh, quality schools and, and uh, quality recreational facilities for their kids. So um, very proud that, uh, that I live in a community where they're making this investment and hats off to our mayor and city council. So short question, which may have a really long answer to it. So we, we look around here, we look around this community, Obviously, to your point, the fact that it's all new will attract people, but you mentioned quality education and the other aspects of it that make this what it is. How is this, how is this done? That's the short question with a, a, probably a long answer, but I guess my other, without getting too pointed, like why can't other people do this or replicate this in, in the sense of it's a great quality education, people want to come here, we can do this. Mark, I think we could, like you just mentioned, we could spend a few hours on that topic. Um, it's we make a statement in our school system that everything matters, and look, we're an we're an organization. We have uh, 3,200 students. We're pushing 400 employees. You're going to have bumps in the road, also. Sure. Uh, you know, it's never perfect uh, uh, when you're dealing with human beings, and so. But with that said. <clears throat> It's, it's multifaceted. It starts with a, a mayor and city council and a city school system that appoint uh, quality school board members that are strictly there to work with the superintendent and support the uh, teachers, parents, and students of the school system. Uh, then it, a quality school board, as I mentioned, that is there to, that uh, listens to my goals and vision for the system. Uh, we have dialogue and then that transfers down to the schools we let teachers do their jobs and then also being in a community uh, in which our parents um, take tremendous pride in their their child's school uh, yesterday uh, i wish y'all could have seen it 
um, we bust in um, right at uh, 500 kindergarten and first grade students from our early ed center to the high school for their the high for their own pep rally for homecoming cool. and uh you had five-year-olds I, I couldn't describe the pride i had that were just dialed in and uh were were chanting every cheer uh you know um you know there's some talk nationwide some people and it doesn't happen here but they like to talk about indoctrination well the, the only indoctrination taking place in Saraland is everybody's a fan of the spartans yeah and so um but with that school pride i, I think that in i know that in creates pride in their um academic standing in the effort they put uh forth every day in the classroom their expectations behaviorally and uh, and, and acknowledging as well we're we're dealing with young people and we they make mistakes uh but we we work to correct those mistakes and uh and then try to help them be better folks along the road in partnership with their parents you know yesterday we talked at length about the high school athletic association now allowing student athletes to receive gift cards for food and things like that <laughs> i don't know if you make recommendations i'm assuming you do to the state board or you have dialogue with them but what would what else would you like to see done in the near future sports-wise from the uh, high school athletic association that's a, a really challenging question lee because it's a with all of the it seems to me that and i think y'all would agree mark and i've talked about this it, it it filters down uh college issues seem to filter down to high school and um you know i'll just tell you i'm i'm very uh leery of making recommendations to our central board or to uh, Coach Briggs right now with the plethora of things that are coming at them. Uh, you know, we acknowledge that the, the $25 gift card was probably frivolous, probably nothing. But when you think of the rural school in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have those, you know, those things that can be done for them it, it just it really uh presents an ethical dilemma right and it's one thing to get a 25 dollars gift card right but what happens when the 25 dollars gift card becomes a 500 or a five thousand dollar gift card from that same eatery because you know you're a great player and you know your family's going to eat here free for the next three years or whatever it is right, right. so i like i understood why they did what sure. they did but the majority of it is just Local businesses giving back to the community, yes. recognizing the talents and the success of young student athletes. So I applaud the central board, and we talked about this. I don't say that a lot on this show, but I you, I applaud the central board for for being uh, reasonable about this particular thing. Sure, sure. And and the 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 restaurants and businesses that are doing that, they they're not. They're, they're just doing that. They like to see the sure. smile on a, a young man or Absolutely. a young woman's face. Because they're, they're, NIL's no, coming. It's coming whether we like it or not. It's uh, it's definitely going to be something we have to address and deal with in the years to come. And the guys that are in my uh, my stage of my career often say that they're glad they're on the backside of this because they don't know what it's going to look like in <laughs> 10 years from now. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we hope right now um, – we're we're simply enjoying what's taking place here in Saraland. I think you detected from Ryan. Ryan's a, a great example of the the rest of our kids. Um, 
take the athletic aspect out of it. Uh, and they're going to make mistakes just as us three did. Uh, but we got good kids. And, and you know, when, when you get well, – Mr. Harrison was completely serious about they don't come to – he doesn't see them in the office. And, and throughout my career, we've dealt with some kids, and, and all administrators have, that, you know, the goal was to, you know, try to get them through, you know. These kids right now, it's kind of generational. We're just watching them be successful, and, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and that goes also in our volleyball program, uh, band, et cetera. We've dealing with a lot of great kids right now. That's not to say that uh, – things don't go you know a little sideways from time to time we adjust that and we move on dr miller i can't thank you enough for stopping by all right you guys. set the table nice for your head coach jeff kelly we'll good see deal. if you can pick up the uh, the rest of it he'll do he'll do great he'll do great it's all a right, fact Luke. to follow though oh, thank it's you a fact to all follow. right guys appreciate you being here thank absolutely. you absolutely all right it's 747 so we'll uh take a break here we come back and we will uh talk with the coach of the sarah lance spartans and be listening, you'll have a shot at getting qualified for the Alec Naiman Catering Party with the next round of Naming It. That's right. We'll play audio of a person, place, or thing. Be the first one to get Bronner on the phone at 694-1055 and identify said audio clip, and you will be qualified. Stay with us. It's our Dr. Christopher Monarch's High School Game Day. We are here at Sarah Land High School. Hey, this is Jake Tilford, quarterback at Alabama. And when I'm listening to the radio, I'm listening to WNSB. This is Spartan Territory. Jeff Kelly, good morning. Morning, Lee. How are you? We've had a good time. We had to send Ryan Williams to the principal's office because he was late. Uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> Dr. Aaron Miller, who just left us, told me to ask you, uh, what's it like having the superintendent on the field with you? You know, he... he uh... <laughs> You start off with a with that said, one, really? He, he actually the hard-hitting question. He said, ask Jeff Kelly what it's like to have the superintendent hey, on the field. I'm going to tell you a funny story, and I hope he's not listening. But he, he is amazing, super supportive, and, you know, we've been here a long time together. Mr. Harrison is, is uh, just one of the best, you know, administrators. Those guys are former coaches, so they know what we go through. But there was a time about nine or ten years ago we were playing at Tremier Park. We were playing B.C. Rain. And uh, we weren't playing very well, and, and the officials were they made a call or something. And I think Doc was on the on the sideline down there by the end zone. He may have said, "Hey, oh, that was a bad call or something." 
Well, the referee come over to me and said, hey, you got you to gotta say something to that gentleman over there. And I said, and I forgot, I may have been Buck. I think we got Buck. And I said, man, I'm not saying a word to him. I said, you can go down there and have that conversation with him if you want. But, uh, you know, so he is, he is one of the most uh, passionate supporters of our students, you know, and you take football out of it. You know, you look at the things that, with his leadership, what we've done in the in the arts and career tech and our our welding and nursing department and just academically at all of our schools, uh, with the help of our school board and and, and that kind of stuff. That uh, you know when he says and he sets the vision for for everybody when everything matters. That that that's not just words or talk. I mean that's uh, that's something that that we see lived out by you know our leadership and administration on a daily basis. So you know I love having him there. You know, it's been said that it's easy for a head coach to motivate a team, pep talk for the, the traditional rival like a Spanish fort, and they really earn their keep when you face a team that's a little bit down like Robertsdale. Is that true? You know, uh, we've got a great group of kids. You know, we've been on a really good run here now, I think. I think we've got five or six years, of ten wins in a row, and, and uh, you know, we won a bunch of games last year and that kind of stuff. You know, really, you know, our kids have been pretty consistent in terms of their effort and energy and intensity and purpose behind each and every game, regardless if we play, you know, like last week, Spanish Fort, who everybody perceives as a big game or, or a rivalry or whatever. Everybody wants to say that, and then you come to this game. You know, our, our kids have, uh, you know, and I think KJ may have mentioned it, Ryan may have mentioned it, I don't know, I was driving in. Uh, they, they love to play ball. They love to and as a football player now, it's not like some sports. You only get 10 opportunities to go play, you know. And so I, I, we worry about a lot of things here at, at Sarah Land, but, you know, our kids being motivated or, or, or being ready to play or being in it or however you want to word that, we've been fortunate, and that's because of the quality of our kids. You know, they're, they're kind of the same dudes every Friday. You know, uh, talking about that and that mentality and keeping that, I thought – the Lipscomb game, I don't want to say it was perfect for you from a coaching standpoint because you got the win, but there was also some stuff there at the end that you can go back and say, hey, it's great that we won, but there's a lot to clean up here. Like, I thought it was a perfect coaching scenario for you that you get the win, but you you can refocus those guys yeah. and say, hey, guys, we're not perfect, obviously. And I think they probably learned as much from that win as you can really any win based on the magnitude of that game and ESPN and all that kind of stuff. You know, there was so much extra stuff just associated with that game and and so many challenges, and it was good for us as a program. You know, they were playing their fourth game of the year, you know, (laughs) and we're playing our first one. And, you know, there was a a time late in the game where we were gassed a little bit on defense, and we were, you know, they they got a couple scores. We had a letdown, you know, on special teams, which was was all me and my fault on that deal. But – you know, it was good. You know, we, we did. We got challenged, and, and I think one of the things too for our players, you know, they have gone against, you know, some of those players throughout the country, and they had folks from I think 11 or 12 states, and really talented guys, and, and I think it made us get better in a hurry. You know, especially up front. Yeah. You know, and that's something that we've seen just tremendous improvement. Not Coach Fancher, our line, Coach does a great job with those guys, but. Uh, you know, that, that game benefited us a ton, for right. sure. As opposed to going out there and winning by three or four scores or, or losing by three or four scores, I you know, I think it was just one of those best-case scenarios for Yeah, you, you know, and it was it was a little bit of an exhibition. You know, yeah. we, we, we talked about that that deal with our players, it, it, kind of two parts. You know, that was a, a almost a preseason, 
and then you go into your your region season, your your region games and that kind of stuff. And we wanted to go, you know, our kids coming off last year, we wanted to go square up and play against somebody that that a lot of people, you know, thought was one of the best teams in the country, and just see where we stack up. I, I'm going to ask a. a per- down the road, could this happen? Let's say next year. Let, let's say the state. You know how they have the kickoff classic games yep. and all that. What if they came to you, or maybe they already have, and said, "Sure, would you uh, like to face Thompson or Central of Phoenix yeah. City or a school like that?" Have they done? Have yeah, they yeah. You know, we've had we've had those conversations, and it's got to make sense. And uh, you know, it, that was that was kind of up on the table or a possibility. You know, this past this past season, as it was a couple seasons before, and. You know, frankly, for us, you know, when you when you weigh out the opportunities, you can go play in Montgomery against a good team, split the gate three ways, hmm. you know, have all the costs associated with traveling two and three hours away in buses, or, or you could play a team and have everybody in the world watch you at home and get all the gate. I mean, there was, you know, it, it just made sense for us, you know. Now, now, if we could have played that game on, you know, one of the TV networks or something like that that was that was kind of thrown out there and that that wasn't uh, wasn't approved so we just uh went with you know the opportunity to play Lipscomb. so it may happen in the future i don't know we'll see we uh you gonna hang with us for a little bit yep okay uh we're getting ready to take a break i do want to ask a quick one uh dr milner said that you got an email about the Lipscomb from espn the real espn i'm just curious did you think it was like spam mail or junk mail when that came through? <laughs> no, they have a marketing group that sets their games up for them. Oh, okay. We've worked with them in the past, so oh, okay. you, you know it was something that I'll be honest with you. I, I started working on the week after gotcha. the season last year to try to make happen. All right, I just I just wanted to be ready for when nah, an ESPN good. email came to my inbox, I wouldn't automatically hit delete on it because I thought it was spam. All right, he's the uh, head football coach here at Sarah Land. That's Jeff Kelly. We're going into hour number three of our Dr. Christopher Monex High School Game Day. More time, Lee Shrevanian in Air Sports 1 right here on the sports station WNSP. Stay with us. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Christopher Monix High School Game Day. Really appreciate you guys uh, joining us here on this Friday and want to thank all the fine folks here at Sarah Land for having us out. It's always a lot of fun to get out here and uh, cover different communities, high school football, and everything that comes with it. Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, we're in Air Sports 1. We are at uh, Sarah Land High School for their 6A contest tonight against Robertsdale. And, you know, oftentimes we'll, we'll ask about injuries, but in this case, the head coach is playing hurt. That's Jeff Kelly. Uh, you going to be okay tonight? Good. I'm good. I, I've uh, yeah, had a little minor procedure Monday uh, on a on an injury that I had a couple weeks ago. Dr. Wade, our our team doctor, and Gulf Orthopedics. Uh, heck, they had me back up going the same day. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm good to go. Do you 
were you out there com- trying, you know, throwing the football around with the kids, or what happened? Was uh, to get hurt? Yeah. Uh, well, I, it, uh, something happened out yeah, there. Yeah, no, no, nothing athletic. Just, just kind of an easy jog down the field, and and uh, it, it. You're just old school. Just Rub, uh, rubbing a little dirt on it. Hey, and keep just, next go. Yeah. Just go. No, now, do, you, do you still golf? Uh, prior to the injury. No, I I haven't golfed in a while. My I used to golf a bunch, but I've kind of as as you get older and you got kids and activities and then work and you know that time you used to go golf usually gets took up doing doing other things, which is good. So I I, I couldn't tell you. It's been four or five years, maybe. All right. Well, I was going to see if you wanted to get a tip from John Ricchetti with the Miller Lite Golf Report. Johnny, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good. I don't let don't let you fool you, Lee. Coach Kelly's was. I mean, he can play. I've seen him hit the <laughs> golf ball. He can. He can hit a long, long way. You know, these quarterbacks, they know how to hit the golf ball. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, Lee, not, you know, uh, not really much going on in the world of golf right now. It's uh, kind of the PGA Tours off this week. I know the DP World Tour is in France. But I guess the storyline headlines is the Solheim Cup, which features the Americans versus the European team. They're playing in Spain. And, they had the uh, foursomes matches this morning. The American team swept Team Europe in uh, in the Solheim Cup this morning. 4-0. They're out on the golf course right now in a four-ball this afternoon, and I believe uh, early on right now they're tied at 1-1. Uh, but they're still playing. There's still a lot of golf to go. So uh, morning session, the American team swept 4-0, and kind of a shame a little bit. So much talked about the Ryder Cup, which is going to start next week in you know in rome with the american team and so forth that the solheim cup uh, very rare that this event just happened to fall this year on the same weekend and back to back uh i think the producers of this thought it'd be a good idea to have it back to back but the solheim cup really hasn't got much uh attention to it so but anyway american team is leading we'll get it that'll uh get us going into next week's Ryder cup which is highly anticipated in Rome, Italy. Also, some tidbits. Phil Mickelson coming out early in the week last week saying, uh, admitting to his gambling problems and uh, seeking some help. Uh, he's let some, he's claiming he's let some people down and so forth, but it uh, uh, looks like Phil's uh, going to get some help with his gambling habits and maybe he'll change his character a little bit and we'll get the old Phil and get him back up and going. So that's pretty much it. Quiet week in the world of golf. Johnny, we appreciate it. We'll check in with you Monday. You have a great weekend, okay? All right, guys. Take care. Good luck to Coach tonight. Bye-bye. Yeah, we'll continue talking with Jeff Kelly. He'll stick around when we pick some SEC games. We've got picks and Pete's picks coming up also. I wanted to ask you, has this program, the Saraland program, reached the point where I asked you that question about keeping it, how tough it is sometimes to get a team up for a game, but in many cases we have a lot of depth. If a player is not performing up to his standards, right, and you got guys that are just as good behind him, has it reached that point where they're competing to keep their jobs so they better go out there and it doesn't matter who you're playing? Well, we definitely have more depth than we had several years ago, and, and that's always a good thing. But but also those guys that usually run out there the, to, to open a game, they, they, they're starting out there for a reason, you know, and because they've, you know, earn that through performance at practice and, and consistency and how they play and prepare. So, um, you know, it, it depth solves a lot of things. I think if you ask a lot of coaches, you know, a lot of times if you've got good depth and 
that next guy is, is is good enough to go out there and get the job done in a, in a good way. That that solves a lot of problems, you know, and, and helps you, you know, kind of build a good program. And so we, we, we do have some good young guys that we're really excited about that, uh, you know, are good, good players. And, and you know, when I think about it, I, I think of a guy early in the year, we got a lot of offensive weapons. And, you know, you got a 10th grader named Deshaun Spencer that we, you know, you throw in there in a game and he, he gets – you know, a good amount of touches every week. He's a young kid that maybe a lot of people don't know about right now, but, you know, he's electric and does good things when he gets there. And so we are fortunate to have guys like him and and uh, and some of the others in different, you know, we've got some guys in the secondary that we feel like we got three or four guys that, that can go out there and, and play winning football at corner. And, and uh, you know, so we got to do a good job as coaches to – you keep developing everybody on our roster and, and uh, you know, put those guys in situations to go be successful. So uh, when Ryan was on with it, Ryan Williams was on earlier, we kind of touched on a little bit of this, but uh, you know you've been in this business a long time. Getting to the getting to the top is the fun part. It's, yeah. it's almost the easy part, comparatively right. speaking. Then you start then – you, then you try to maintain that success and stay up on that mountaintop. How much of the conversation, and it sounds like you've, you've done this quite a bit because they all seem to say the right things about maintaining that focus yeah. when not just trying to maintain that quality of play, but now you got everybody coming at you on the field and off sometimes, right? How do, you, how, do you, how do you maintain that same level? Is that, to me, getting kids to buy in to what that message is probably is a coach's toughest job uh, in any sport, really. Well, you know, we've all been programmed, you know, to, to, to know the answer to how do you respond to adversity. Yeah. You know, what do you do when you get knocked down? You got, the, the, the harder thing is how do you respond to prosperity? How do you, yeah. how, how do you, do you have the same drive to get out there and go prepare when everything is going your way? And it's, it's a little bit of a human nature thing and a psychology, you know, uh, thing as well. You know, it's, we're not programmed to, to, to think like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to stay on the mountaintop. There's not a lot of room up there. Yeah. You know, you can't breathe up there. You we're not programmed to stay on top. And so, you know, I think one one of the things, and it's not just talk. You know, we've got to all come back with that mindset every year. Hey, we're on the bottom with everybody else. You yeah. know, and, and and I think our kids know every time we go out there. You know, we're everybody's game of the year, and we're going to have the, the the target on our back and that kind of stuff. And there's a couple ways that. Uh, you can approach it. You know, we know we're going to get everybody's best game. Uh, you know, hopefully they get ours too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we want to go out there and be the aggressor and, you know, go hunt and not, not be in a reactive defensive kind of mentality. We want to go out there and, and play each and every week and, and really enjoy, you know, that process of getting better and, and you know, not, not so much look at your opponent, not so much look at the scoreboard, but, you know, what can I do better and how can I go play? consistent ball because yeah, this was this was actually a topic that pat McAfee brought up with nick saban yesterday like and that's on it's hard enough for a college athlete but how how easy it would have been for us back yeah. in the day to be a ryan williams type player and walk into a walmart and yeah. all these people probably like oh dude that's Ryan, you know getting yeah. autographs and be like man i don't need to go to practice today like but yeah but God, it's and as an 18 or 17 or 18 year old it's it would be so hard to be like i'm, I'm headed back to the house well, i think that's and these guys credit. don't do that i think that's a credit to to our parents yeah of of our players we have an an amazing thing here with the fact that that 
our most talented ball players, and we got a bunch of them. And, and I know we got three or four that get kind of the limelight at times, but we've got a ton of talented football players that are amazing kids, that are great locker room yeah. guys, that are not, you know, entitled or, or or think they've got it made or got it figured out. You know, these kids love ball and and uh, they're tough on themselves. They're tough on each other. And I don't think kids have changed a whole lot. You know, there, there's a lot of other challenges. You know, you you, you pull your phone out and you got you know, Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook and wherever you want to go, there's going to be a lot of people that tell our kids, you know, how good they are. There's a lot of articles out there and that kind of stuff. And it, it takes a mature thought process, a mature young man. And it takes, you know, parents who've done a great job like ours have just, just you know, getting our kids in the right mindset to understand what's important. All right, Jeff, on the lighter side, did you ever, <laughs> on the lighter side, I'm only having fun with this, did you ever tune out when Jeff Bauer was talking to you guys after all the years you quarterback for Well, Southern usually Mid when he was talking to me, he was getting on to me about a bad throw or a bad read. Or, oh, no, I meant like uh, even in the pregame message or anything like that. Did you ever just tune him out? Hey, I've heard this for two years. Uh, good graciously. Yeah. I don't know, you can give me in trouble. No, I, I don't think so. I, I've... I was I was probably that guy that just you know tried to tried to listen and take in everything and and uh, you know you, you got different ways to get yourself ready to play and there's different angles you know there's different angles that that you got to do as a head coach to get your guys ready to play and you got to figure out you know which buttons to push which buttons not to push what motivates kids what what's important to them uh, at the end of the day if you can get your kids to to go out there and compete with with you know, a standard of, of expectation, and, and we hear it all the time. You, you hear Coach Saban talk about it, but, you know, how we expect to go play, you know, shouldn't be dependent on who we play, yeah. you know. And if we can ever get to that point, then I feel like as a coach we're, we're doing it right. And, and up to this point we've been, we've been consistent in how we, you know, how we, how we approach it. All right, so we've got to take a break here, but I've got to ask you. So we, we had uh, KJ and Cam on, and we asked them if there was any other position that they could play or would want to play, what yeah. would it be? Cam said running back. Cam's an outstanding running back. We well, put Cam back here tonight, and he'd have 150 yards. KJ said receiver, and Ryan Williams just laughed when he heard that. So, um, you know, Ryan, you guys have all watched this. Ryan plays quarterback every every week. I mean, we'll switch him in there, and, and he'll get five or six snaps at quarterback, and KJ goes out there and receiver. And and uh, and they're always KJ's like man I'm open every every play. <laughs> and Ryan has some strict orders, you know. He right. he knows who to where to look, where not to look. <laughs> no, but no KJ could play. He, he absolutely could play. KJ was was uh, a talented point guard. I mean he he could do those things. So. Uh, so those were true true statements by those guys. Scoreboard traffic and weather next. Stay with us. Hey, this is Showtime boxing analyst Steve Farhood, and you're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 WNSD. Eight twenty-four. The Dr. Christopher Monex High School game day continues right here on the Sports Station WNSP from Saraland High School. All right, here's your chance, boys and girls. We got to take down Pigskin and the boys. So the first person to get Michael on the phone and do the picks to represent everything that is pure and right about sports radio, the opening kickoff. 
Get Bronner on the phone right now at 694-1055. And while we're waiting for that, we'll uh, thank our sponsors for game day at Saraland, like uh, Kenneth Morgan, Allstate agent, uh, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. How about Ward International Trucks? And LNS Air Conditioning, Rich's Car Wash, Greer's Market, Cash Saver, also, Zaxby's of Saraland. They've got a nice uh, Zaxby's out here. And uh, Hudson's got a lot of facilities over there on the Eastern Shore. And UJ Chevrolet. I want to thank Don Urquid. You know something about him, Jeff? I've known, I've known Don for a long time, you know, since, since our days at, at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg and his, his family, Bud, and, and all the great work that they've done over the years at UJ. Uh, you know, a long-time family business. And, uh so, yeah, I've got a lot of stories on Don. And he couldn't. <laughs> right. He's probably got some on me, too. He was a place kicker, right? He was a kicker, yes. All right. Yeah. All right, so uh, here's our chance. Uh, we go to the phones now, and Will joins us here on WNSP. Will, how you feeling this morning, sir? Feeling good, guys. How are y'all? We're great. All right. Uh, with uh, great power comes great responsibility. We have bestowed this power upon you to lead us to the promised land. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so we have seven games straight up, just straight up winners. The first four college games. Here we go. Florida State at Clemson. Florida State. I like where your head's at. Auburn at Texas A&M. 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 Ole Miss at Alabama. Alabama. Ohio State at Notre Dame. Give me Sam, Sam Hartman and the Irish. All right. Uh, all right, let's move to the NFL. We have New Orleans at Green Bay. Sorry, Saints. Green Bay. I respect your decision. Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. I think Vegas gets this one. And then the Rams at Cincinnati. That's the Monday night game. Man. Um, now or never for Burrow, so Cincinnati. Yeah, well, uh, you're right about that because my fantasy league is hurting. All right, so uh, I got you for Florida State, A&M, Alabama, Notre Dame, the Packers, Vegas, and the Bengals. We wish you the best of luck. That is quite the weight you are carrying this week, but I think you can handle it, man. Make sure Bronner has all your information. Stay on the line, and we wish you the best of luck. The, uh, the winner of this, by the way, will get two tickets to the SEC championship game in Atlanta and uh, obviously carry the banner for the opening kickoff. Jeff Kelly's going to stick around because we're going to give our picks quite a few games. Uh, we'll use point spread. Pigskin Pete doesn't. We do it the hard way, Jeff. There you go. The difference is Pigskin keeps track of the point. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> It'll never get past uh, 8.45 this morning. No, unless somebody's recording, we don't bring it up on Monday. Gotcha. So did you did you handle extra points and field goals as the quarterback? Were you ever that guy? I was Speaking of kickers. Yeah, no, I was I was never that guy. I was never that guy. You never got the snap and flipped it over to your shoulder for the fake? No, nothing? no, no. Wasn't trust, trusted with that responsibility. You have not lived, sir. Don ever uh, kick a game-winning field goal? I think Don has kicked several. I think I think Don's kicked several. Don, uh, he was a great kickoff guy as well. Think about Don too. Now he could down there and make a tackle. You know, he, he he probably was a little bit crazy on that end, and 
Uh, you know, so he wasn't a liability in coverage. He actually had 11 guys covered. Oh, that sounds like somebody we need to get on the air and talk to. I like a little crazy, especially on a Friday. That's right. All right, let's come back. Let's do some picks. And uh, you guys can continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the uh, Dr. Christopher Monex High School game day from Sarah Lynn High School right here on the sports station, WNSP. Welcome back in. The Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School game day continues from Sarah Land High School. Quickly want to thank a number of people for making this happen every week. Uh, specifically, Mobile County Sheriff's Department. Thank you for coming aboard. Coastal Alabama Community College. David Morris over at QB Country obviously has a lot of interest in high school sports. We appreciate their support as well as the orthopedic group. And, of course, Badcock Furniture of Sarah Land, a reminder to support the businesses that support your kids. Got a lot of games to go through, not only the SEC games, but some of those top-notch games. And, Jeff Kelly, we're going to start out with you. In the SEC, Auburn goes to Texas A&M, where the Aggies are a 7.5-point favorite. I'll take the points in Auburn. There. I'll take the points in Auburn. Yeah, I think that's going to be a close game. Um, hmm. We're starting right off the bat with uh, with That's the big tough ones, one. man. That's, well, I'm actually starting out with the 11 a.m. games. Oh, we're going okay. Yeah, work away um, to the night games. So I think Auburn is getting better, um, but I think A&M might be on the verge of playing the way that everybody thinks they were. Turnovers were a killer, but they moved the ball against Miami. So, um, and I don't think Auburn has shown much of a passing game yet to combat that. I think Texas A&M wins this game, Lee. I'm going to take Texas A&M and the 7.5. All right, we got Kentucky going to Vanderbilt. Kentucky, Jeff, is a 13.5-point pick. Mm, take K- Kentucky and give many more points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I think Kentucky uh, probably wins this by two scores. We get to the 230 game, and also I like Kentucky to win that game too. Ole Miss at Alabama, Jeff where Alabama is a seven-point pick. It started out around 11. It's dropped to seven now. You know, I think I think you're going to see a different Alabama team this week. I think, you know, kind of getting some, some clarity in their quarterback situation. I take Alabama running away with this game, you know, three touchdowns. Wow. Uh, so you said the key word, running. But I don't think it'll be that big. I think it's going to be a close game. But I think Alabama wins. I think they they – for better or for worse, I think they now acknowledge what their their identity on offense is. They're going to run the hell out of the ball, whether it's Jalen Milrow or a number of backs that have proven incredibly worthy of doing so. Uh, now, Ole Miss, they're going to they're going to throw it around, but look, that tu- that score against Tulane was not indicative of how close that game was. Tulane took them to the brink without their starting quarterback. So I think that. Ole Miss defense is your typical Lane Kiffin defense. I think it's going to be a little leaky there. I think Alabama takes advantage and wins in a close one. I'm going to go against the grain and take Ole Miss in the points. I, I think Alabama, I'm going to give Alabama the win, but I'm going to take the seven and Ole Miss and see how that pans out, figuring it might be a close game. All right, Texas, San Antonio at Tennessee. The Vols are a 20-and-a-half point pick, Jeff. You know, Tennessee has been a little bit shaky on offense this year. Watched the game with them last week in Florida. I'll, I'll – uh, I'll take Texas 
Texas San Antonio and the points. What was better in that game last week against Florida? Was it the, <laughs> was it the game or the boxing match that almost broke oh, out at the very goodness. end there? You knew that was happening when he, when he called the timeout at the end. You're like, why in the world? Yeah. Why do you do it? Yeah, uh, you knew that was coming. I, li- I like Tennessee in this one, Lee. Yep. I Please. like Tennessee also. But here's the other, the, the the back part of this. So Florida at home after that great win over Tennessee, they're a 28 point pick over Charlotte. Let down at all or no? No, I, I think I think Florida may start to figure out who they are. They got some good quarterback play last week. I'll take Florida in the points. Uh, I think this one. Uh, what's the point spread? 28. It's uh, a lot of points. I. I I think there's going to be a little bit of a letdown. I think they're continued defensively. They'll be stout, but I think they're missing some starters on the offensive line. I think they win by, you know, three three touchdowns. So have you seen Charlotte's coach? You know, I, I don't even know who it is. Who is it? His drip, like you said, his, his gear. I hate to say that over there. What is it? It's a good thing. Cut off t-shirt. It's, uh, you, you have to check it out. It's, we'll it's, get you one, Lee. It's pretty. It's it's pretty impressive. I'm who is he? I don't even know who the coach is. His name is Biff Pogi. Uh, was was a coach at a high school in Washington D.C. Very right. successful. And you don't mess with Biff, a guy you know, named Biff. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like something from Back to the Future. All right, uh, I'll take Florida on the 28th, and go. they'll hand it to Biff. Uh, Arkansas at LSU. LSU, Jeff, is a 17-and-a-half-point pick. Uh, I have not seen Arkansas this year. Uh, uh, that's a lot of points in a, in a game like that. I'll, I'll take Arkansas on the points. Uh, I think LSU probably wins this one by about 14. I'm not sure Arkansas can keep up. Uh, the defense, Arkansas, I think it's been good enough to, to do some good stuff, but as long as LSU – has its head on straight and takes care of business. They'll probably they'll win this one. I'm taking Arkansas on the points. Yeah. LSU may win, but I'm again I agree with you. 17 and a half, a little too much in this series. UAB at Georgia. Georgia's a 42 point pick to be Trent Dilfer's Blazers. Uh, the fire breathers at yeah. UAB. That is a lot of points. Georgia is on top right now, uh, but I think it'll be closer than that. You know, so I'll take UAB in the points. Coach, we talk about these type of games all the time. Why anybody would bet this type of game? Because you just don't know what the coach is thinking. Does he take his foot off the, the gas? Right. You know, do you try start working on some stuff? Right. Like, I don't know why people mess with lines this big. I, I think Georgia probably winds up covering, but it's shocking to hear this, folks, on WNSP. It's a guess. I'm going to take UAB in the points. All right, Missouri at Memphis. Missouri's a six-point pick after that thrilling win they had last week over K-State. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Missouri. That was uh, that was a great ending the other night, the other day. 61-yard field no goal. Doubt. I think Missouri uh, Memphis's defense is actually pretty good and going to wreak some havoc. But I think Missouri's offense. Uh, and the battle in the trenches will be the difference. I like Missouri to cover. They had Eli Drinkwitz on the hot seat at the outside of the season. Some publications. He's 3-0 and right now. I like uh, Missouri. You ever been on the hot seat? I'm on it every week. Oh, really? I'm on it every, every week. week. Well, with the these questions he lobs over there, I guess so. No ha- doubt. Having the superintendent on the field. The Always. I mean, heck, yeah. You, you just know. We... we we're good. Well, at least you're the athletic director, right? <laughs> it's early still, but we're you good. Are the, you are my, the athletic director, right? My wife and my little girl, that's what were you doing? That was stuff. Yeah, so I'm, I may be on oh, the hot seat with Don't you just love them. that when you come home and they start questioning oh, you? Oh, 100%. You didn't score 50 points tonight. That's right. All right, we've got uh, Mississippi State at South Carolina, the Gamecocks, six-and-a-half-point pick to win this game at home, Jeff. Uh, I take South Carolina big time. I do, too. I think Spencer Rattler's going to have a big game. I think Mississippi State has way too many holes on both sides of the ball like South Carolina. I was disappointed in the way they played against LSU last week, so I'm going to go with South Carolina, too. All right, let's get to some of the other games. Close to home. 
at Hancock Whitney at 4 o'clock, Central Michigan versus South Alabama, and it's uh, the Jags are a minus 16. And I got to go with the Jags. Go with the Jags. Big win last week. Uh, getting some players back healthy. Uh, I think they'll win big. Yeah, assuming there's not a letdown, and kudos to our listener last uh, last week who did not take the lead in the Pigskin Picks, Pete, uh, Pigskin Pete's Picks. Try saying that fast three times. He picked South Alabama straight up. I gave him a little bit of a hard time for it. Clearly, joke's on me. So kudos to you, sir. With that said, assuming they uh, continue to have their head on straight, I like South Alabama here. Yeah, and with Kane Womack coming to my show next Monday, I'm going to take the Jags and be safe on this There you one. go. I didn't do well on the South Alabama at Oklahoma State last week. Florida State, early game, 11 a.m. They are two-and-a-half point favorite over Clemson. So give Clemson in two-and-a-half. What do you think? I think Norvell and those guys have got it figured out. You know, they had a close game last week, kind of a scare. I think uh, I think they win and make a statement in this game. Yeah, I just don't think this is the Clemson of old. I think Dabo, we talked about this. Dabo's got to start embracing this transfer portal for better or worse, or it's just going to continue to haunt him. I like Florida State. they got a chip on their shoulder. I like Florida State also. Ohio State night game at Notre Dame. Uh, Ohio State's a minus three. Mm, that's that's a tough one. I, I think Notre Dame's been one of the more impressive teams in the country. I think they've got to be one of the favorites uh, each and every week. I take Notre Dame as well. Yeah, uh, I think I'm going Notre Dame here too. This is going to pit one of the nation's best offenses against one of the best defenses. I like Notre Dame here. Uh, I think Ohio State has struggled a little bit. Not last week. They played Western Kentucky. But I do think uh, if Notre Dame – can keep this close early and not let it get away from them, I think they want to win this ballgame. Do you think the uh, Notre Dame fans are a little bit giddy having Hartman over Buckner at quarterback? <laughs> I, I shouldn't have said I'm sorry. Uh, I couldn't you help you that. You went there, Lee. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I think, it's, I think it's twofold. I think it's not only Buckner. I think they're very – I think they're excited to be gone, be rid of, uh, of Tommy Reese, too. I, I've heard enough people talk about that. So, uh, yeah, Alabama did Notre Dame a, a solid there. I'm going to take Notre Dame in this one. Colorado – Plus 21 and a half at Oregon. Wow. I, I, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid with everybody. I've watched all the games. I think what uh, Dion is doing out there is amazing. I think they're running into a really good team uh, in Oregon. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Oregon in this and, uh, and cover it. Yeah, so as great as Colorado's offense is, their defense is not very good, right? right? right. And so now you're running to the Bo Nix in this buzzsaw of an Oregon offense that is just moving at a really high clip. Uh, I'm with you. I love this Colorado storyline. I think it comes to an end. I think Bo Nix now becomes the story moving forward. He's yeah. kind of a dark horse for this Heisman. I think that becomes more of a storyline. You know, and I think Colorado's here to stay, too. I think, I think what they've done there is, I mean, I think they're going to be able to sustain that, but I just think that's... That's, that's a different team, different environment they're going into. I like, I'm like. i going to take the points in Colorado. Oh, I, drinking I, the Kool-Aid. I really am. going to get just, you some prime 21 glasses, you know, Lee. Oregon may win, but yeah, I, right. I just can't help it. I'm just so intrigued by this I'll, story. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. I don't think they're going to win at Oregon. But right. then again, uh, you know, without Travis Hunter there, that takes away one of their big options. All right, Iowa, plus 14.5 over Penn State. I don't know how much truth there is to this, but Jeff, have you heard where the offensive coordinator, who's the coach's son, that if they don't score over 24 points, I don't know how many games it is, that he may not be rehired or something like that, and they they rarely get to 24 points, but they're undefeated still. That's in Iowa? Iowa, Paris. yeah. Uh, 
No, I have not heard that. Uh, <laughs> awkward, awkward around Thanksgiving dinner table. Yeah, that, that's for that sure. would be tough. That would be tough. Uh, I'm going Penn State here. Uh, I too am going Penn State. Um, Iowa brings a lot of pressure on that defensive line, but I think Penn State's got more offense. Another high-profile game out of the Pac-12. Who would have thought? Utah at UCLA, minus six on Utah. So UCLA favored by six at home. You know, I think the way they handled Florida, and you kind of see what Florida did last week, kind of tells you that Utah is a pretty good team. So uh, I'm going Utah and, and the points. I think I'm, I'm going to agree with Coach on this one. Uh, another uh, Pac-12 uh, storyline for the week. I'm going Utah. And the six. Yeah. Who's your favorite college coach? Uh, gracious. Uh, I, I don't know that I have one. I'm, I'm kind of a, a bandwagon well, don't guy. You deal, you with deal with I'm a bandwagon guy. <laughs> Jeff, do you I deal, like to watch good football. Yeah, do you deal with a lot of coaches because of the talent you have here at Sarah Land? I mean, know, do they get in touch with you? They have to, right? Yeah, you know, during recruiting season and during the spring and different times of year, we, we, we have all all the guys come through. Uh, i got a lot of respect for what those guys do. And and I say, Ben, well, I, you know, I appreciate the job that they do, and, and I'm, I'm always watching them and trying to see, you know, uh, how, they're, how they're getting their guys ready to play and uh, how they're sustaining and what are the – what are the things that they're communicating, and how are they how are they doing that? Uh, I think what Kirby's doing at Georgia, uh, and the different ways that he gets those guys to sustain a level of play over time, and, they, and he learned it from Coach Saban. I think uh, I think that's something that all coaches can kind of look and, and and definitely learn some things from. But no, I, I like to watch good players play good ball. Uh, always got a little notebook out when you watch the game to see if it's something you pick up and. All right, so let me let, let me get a little more specific. What, what, what would you prefer? Would you would you as a, just sitting back in the old recliner, you know, nursing that aching knee of yours, fifty two forty nine or you know thirteen ten seventeen fourteen type game? Like if you had, if you're coaching or no, if you're, if you're watching. Oh, I want to see offense. Oh, you want to see offense? Yeah, I, yeah, I want to see offense. I want to see so guys the score points. Auburn fourteen to ten went over California. Doesn't push the dial. I, I, I turned it in the second quarter. <laughs> You know, it was hard to watch. Did, you know? Sark, did Sark ever come on campus to recruit Lacey? You know, Sark has been on campus before, but not, not you know, their quarterback coach, Coach Milwee, was really the, the the head guy and is the head guy communication-wise there. So, uh, I've to, you know, we've talked on the phone, and, you know, I think they communicate a ton, you know, and that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, along those lines, can you, can you kind of decipher? You've had enough interaction with college coaches where – can you tell the difference between what what might be a legitimate interest as opposed to maybe the obligatory? Oh, this guy's on the map. Let's reach out and. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think I think you can tell by how long a coach stays here. Yeah. You know about the questions they ask. Uh, you know, are they coming through to make the rounds just to check it off the list, or yeah. to let their recruiting coordinator know that they came by Sarahland, yeah. uh, or if they really, you know, and then, and then how do they follow up? You know, all these guys are about relationships, and you know a lot of guys make appearances and come through, and and, and then are out 30 minutes later, and and then you'll hear from them in a couple of weeks, and then you got others that'll call you that night and say, hey, I, I appreciate the hospitality. I, you know, I, I thought a lot about this kid, this kid, and that. What, what do you think about him? And you know, and so yeah, it doesn't take real, you know, it doesn't take a long time to to see that there's some legitimate interest uh, and, and when coaches. and when they're asking about specific kids I'm assuming it's probably more about character you know 
everything outside of football more than it is football, right? Yeah, you know, uh, how much does he love the weight room? How much does he love practice? You know, is he a consistent guy? You know, what motivates him? Uh, You know, tell me about his family. Tell me about, you know, his parents. You know, those kind of things. Because they don't ask us, hey, do you you think he's a good player or not? They see those things. They make those decisions. But it's it's about all the other stuff. And you have to – I mean, you – you know, it's easy to sit here and be like, I'm sure you're telling them what they want to hear because you want your guy to – but you need to be honest because you want those guys to come back, right? If, if, if coaches – I think coaches, it's human nature. You want to protect your kids and, and give them that best opportunity. But if that doesn't pan out in a year or two years, that recruiter's going to know that. So you have to be open and honest about we that. We tell kind of our stuff, players right? that. Yeah. We tell our players that. And, and, and I've, all our guys know I'm, I'm going to be honest because they may have a little brother coming three or four years later that, that – you know, may miss out on an opportunity because yeah. I told a coach something that wasn't true. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I tell a coach this this kid loves football, <laughs> you know, and then he goes up there and, 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 you know, quits the first time it gets tough, you know, that, that coach isn't going to ask me that question anymore. Right. And so you've got to do that. You've got you've to be consistent with it. Who is the Alabama recruiter that's been down here with Coleman and Williams uh, committing? Who, yeah, who you know, those, those, it, it, they recruit a lot by position. So a lot of times it's the position coaches that, that come oh, they through. They just don't, and, like, years you know, ago it used to be like, well, I always think of Joe Witt would be the recruiter for Auburn. Right. It didn't matter what position. That's right. Uh, and you know, then, and they have areas, that, but but a lot of times they spot recruit. You know, Alabama and Georgia, they'll go national, and, and you'll have the wide receiver coach, you know, being the, the, the point man on the wide receivers. And then yeah. the D-line, you know, so you'll hear from, from a lot of the different guys. Does Southern Miss recruit this school much? Do they recruit Mobile like they once did? You know, uh, it's it's up and down. I know, you know, Coach Hall and those guys over there, there's, there's a strong push with his ties in the state of Mississippi. I think they spend a lot of their time in the state of Mississippi, but, but they do get over this way some. We, we obviously would love to see them. A lot more, but uh, you know, but it, it has gotten better. It's been up and down over the years. All right, so let's do this. Let's take our final break of the week. Uh, we'll set the table for tonight, the weekend. Let you know we will not be in studio yet again on Monday. We'll tell you where we'll be, and I, I can tell you what I'll be eating when I'm there. And uh, we'll close up shop for another week. Uh, we're here at Sarah Land, the Dr. Christopher Monarch's high school game day. Jeff Kelly sitting in with us. One final segment to go right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hey, this is David Morse of QB Country. When I'm in my car, I always have it tuned in to 105.5 WNSP, the sports station. Welcome back in to the Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School Game Day. We're wrapping up another edition. Again, want to thank all the fine folks here at Sarah Land uh, for having us out. It's always a good time, Lee, to come on out and bring Air Sports 1. And the game tonight, Robertsdale and Sarah Land, will be broadcast on WNSP. It's the Greer's Market Cash Shaver Game of the Week. Starts at 6.50, and Pigskin Pete will preview the game with his piglets, and then after the game, they'll be on until midnight, and then we'll find out who the Bryant bank player of the week is uh and austin was our our qualifier for the alec Naman catering party so congratulations we'll continue to do uh that all next week speaking of next week uh we me and lee because you know i always hang with lee 
Our Monday morning quarterback edition takes us to Baumhauer's Wing Fingers right there on Cottage Hill, right off Hillcrest. So come on by. Uh, they open at 6. We'll be broadcasting at 6. We'll recap all the college action, the NFL, some high school stuff. Come grab you a gooey grits bowl. Jeff, it's a game changer. I don't know if you've ever partaken in such a, a delightful gooey bowl. Uh-huh. It, it is sounds great. Grits yeah. with, the, uh, with the queso cheese. Okay. Bacon on that, a fried egg on top, and a biscuit. You won't eat for three days. I'm, 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 I'm going to meet you all out there Monday morning. I have You'll be no welcome. Doubt. You'll be welcome. Thank you. Yeah, sleep in. Don't feel like you get there yeah. at 6. Meet us at 630. It'll be fine. There you go. Uh, all right, one final segment here. Uh, quickly, we, we talk and we talk to your guys today. Obviously, game tonight, tickets available at GoFan. Um, we talk so much about your offense. I know you're an offensive guy when you're when you're watching college games, but talk, talk about this defense that continues to excel. You know, I I, I saw it coming. I, you know, we we go against those guys during the spring and the summer, and, and they gave us fits. And you know, it, it's really we we bring back ten guys from our our defense last year, and they really prepared the offseason with a chip on their shoulder. They're playing really fast. We're led by the the guys up front in the box. You know, Tony Coleman and Jermaine Paramore and Chris Thompson do a great job there. And then we've got. You know, really, four or five guys that play that linebacker position that that are flying around and, and arriving in bad moods, and and uh, you know, Jamison Curtis, Cam Lafitte, you guys met Cam, yeah, Cam York, uh, another one, Isaiah Bowie, uh, you know, Jackson Roberts. There's just a bunch of really talented and great kids there that are playing well, and then we got some veterans in the secondary that uh, that allow Coach West. Uh, our DC to get creative with coverages and blitz and stunts and and uh, you know so so those guys are playing really good ball so far. We got to keep doing it. We got to stay consistent there, but uh, they're making it tough on offenses. This was the first time I think we've ever talked to one of your defensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> the guy came out. Okay, hey, hey, welcome Brett West. Uh, yeah. By the way, you do have a defense. Do you have any former players on your staff? You know, we do. Uh, we have several guys that uh, Skylar Mosley is our linebacker coach. who was a great linebacker here. Johnny Sklopan uh, assists Coach Boutwell and Coach Taylor with our receivers. Uh, you know, Greg Brown is our middle school coach. He was uh, played for me at Satsuma. Leighton Hudson works at the middle school. I, we've got four, five, six guys here that are all former players. You said Sklopan? Johnny Sklopan, yes. He's not related to the Chelsea, uh, not the the one-time NFL player who used to be the uh, principal at Baker High School. They they are related. They are related. Um, absolutely, that's the that's the same family there. Yeah. So Johnny was a player here in, in thirteen and fourteen, and uh, a good safety for us. And and uh, he's a great history teacher too. Whatever happened to the? I forgot his name. And, and Daniel Taylor, uh, the young receiver. That, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, he, he, he did yeah. such a great job coming in here at Air Sports One when we interviewed him. So what's he doing now for your team? No, he, he uh, he's one of our receiver coaches. And uh, so he, he he's here every day. He, he works a, a job during the day, but he's he's here every time we meet and practice and does a great job, you know, helping Coach Bowell in that receiving core get ready. Oh, we got about a minute left, so the hay's in the barn, man. What, 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 what do you do the rest of the day? You know, we got a pep rally up there going right now, so maybe we can do another segment. Yeah, how about doing state? Let's can we stay to nine thirty and miss the pep rally? Uh, to interrupt Dan Patrick for thirty minutes. I don't uh, think it's in Lee's contract. He's very particular about so that. So we've got the pep rally, and then uh, just making sure the field is set up. We've got we've got a great crew that that does all those kind of things, and. Uh, 
just kind of get ready to go. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be a big night here. We're excited to have you guys. Appreciate what y'all do and cover our games and our kids. That would be a great uh, object for a scavenger hunt to find my contract because I don't know if I have one. Yeah, we'll dust it off. Hey, uh, speaking of, you're not done today. Oh, no, I got a show at noon. Uh, Dean Wade Associates, Roger Schultz. Remember, Roger? I do. Yeah, he's going to be there, and Dean Wade will probably stop in for a few minutes, and then we go to Vegas for his picks, uh, Bruce Marshall. Okay. I- I'm kind of glad I brought it up. It seemed like it might have skipped your mind there for a second. Hey, we're all out of time. I got caught up in this number one rank stuff. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. All right, that does it. We'll be back next week at 6 a.m. Until then, see you.